Hey, boys and girls. It's your favorite fat man at the front desk, Jason Modcast founder David K. Montoya, and I interrupt this fantastic, stupendous podcast with these important messages. Starting February 2nd, the Jason Modcast network is going to be black. It's going to be black for the following 27 days. That's right. For the entire month of February, we're going black. Uh, and But we will be back March 1st. Uh, we've got some things that we need to get caught up on, you know, with the holidays behind us now. It's just time to get caught up. And, you know, plus I'm working on this little cartoon thing. It, it kind of played a little bit of my attention. Not, not a real big deal. But for an added bonus, though, two shows will continue to go on, even though the rest of the, of the other podcast shows are going to be going black. On Tuesdays, the boys from the Great White North, the movie Madhouse, will continuing to run their regular show and then as an added bonus Fridays you'll get to hear my fat ass talk for a little while as we go and we enjoy the flashback Fridays and then like I said February 2nd to February 28th no added shows that means no scene red no uh, tree frog expose cafe or who's the boss what we think uh, don't get us started. So those shows will be returning. Then on March 1st, which is a Saturday, we start things right back up with what we think. And then from then until next year, we'll be running straight and smooth. So I just wanted to give you folks a heads up. And just to let you know, because we got some time before February 2nd, but I don't want you going to your favorite iTunes or your Stitcher trying to find a new podcast and like what happened so there you go all right that's it from this end this is your favorite fat man at the front desk david k montoya and now enjoy this fantastic jason modcast show and now enjoy this free jason modcast show Welcome to Flashback Friday. I am your host, David K. Montoya. I hope that the first week of 2014 has been kind to you. Uh, it's been pretty productive for me. Uh, just a lot of things going on as usual. Um, nothing really to to note just as yet here. Uh, you can check out the other podcasts that I do. Uh, but that's not the reason why we're here, is it? Each and every week we get together, we pull three podcasts from the past, and then we enjoy them for almost a solid three hours, right here only on Flashback Fridays. So, I've got my little bucket of tricks here. Let's go ahead and just jump right into the show, and we'll find out what is our first episode of the week. Okay, pulling tab number one, it is scene red number 10, and that is called The Babysitter. Released January 29th, 2013, Rebecca Aaron and myself 
talk about Star Wars movies, forget the forgotten Tim Burton Superman Lives project, all the while attempting to babysit. Oh, yes. How could I forget that episode? All right. So let's go ahead and jump right into the show with Scene Red number 10. Hey, boys and girls. Welcome to Scene Red. My name is David K. Montoya. I'm Rebecca C. Lofgren. And I'm Aaron Illich. Well, boys and girls, the world of sci-fi can rest easy today as the news of J.J. Abram will direct the new Star Wars films. Did you know about that? Yeah, I did. I saw it the other day. Now, I guess there's some issues online because, you know, obviously there's trackies versus the Star Wars fans. Yeah. And uh, Abram has directed now the two most recent uh, Star Trek. And I guess a lot of the Star Wars fans are upset that a Star Trek director... Are you saying Star Trek? Star Trek, yeah. Star Trek. Star Trek, Star Trek, same damn thing. Nerdism, nerdgasm, whatever. It's the same people. (laughs) I beg to differ, but go on. Anyway, they're upset because Abram directed the last two of their films... Yeah. And now he's going to direct the Star Wars films. Yeah. So, and that's why I bring it up, because I know that you're a little bit more in-depth to the the understanding of why these people are upset. Can you kind of bring that forward to myself and the listeners? Can you kind of... Trekkies are crazy people. I'm not a Trekkie, but... Sandy? A lot of... Sandy's a Trekkie, but <laughs> she's not like a Trekkie Trekkie. A lot of Trekkies think there can only be one. Well, you that's know? the Highlander. No, that's what they think. It's like, they, you can only, the hardcore ones, like, you like Star Trek or you don't like it at all. You know, you have to, it's like, you can't mix Star Trek and Star Wars together. For some reason, I don't understand this, but some of them are really hardcore. Really? Yes. Sandy's not like that, but... Now, I think this is the first time we're bringing up Sandy. Sandy is the wife of our uncle, which is the brother of our mother. Yes. That's... I guess a very long version of saying that's our aunt. Yes. <laughs> so, so you're saying that if a person likes Star Wars, they can't like Star Trek. Well, no, it's more like for the tr- the hardcore Trekkies, like the hardcore ones, or like every- their whole life is about Star Trek. That's all they care about. You mean the virgins that still live in the basement? Yeah, yeah, those guys. Gotcha. Um, if you like Star Trek, then you can't like Star Wars for whatever reason. I think I I don't get it because they're two separate storylines, two separate movies, they have nothing to do with each other. Right. But they they have been in a feud for a long time. I was gonna say different time frames too. Yeah. Total different time frames. Yep. Once long, long ago. So I mean because for me I personally mm. I like Star Wars. Because the storyline just grabs me better. Yeah. Um, now that doesn't take anything away from the other series, you know, the Star Trek series. Yeah. I like the Shatner ones, mm-hmm. you know, and I liked the, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Picard, the, the Patrick Stewart. Patrick yeah. Stewart. Um, I liked them equally. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I just don't get that mentality. Uh, I don't either. <laughs> I don't understand why. They've been at, they're just at war with each other for whatever reason. They hate each other, but. Well, I think after this podcast, I'm going to have to sit down and pop in fanboys. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) There could only be one. 
because I, I actually have fanboys. Yeah. And I started watching it. I think I've only watched like 15 minutes of it, mm-hmm. but I never got into... you ever seen the whole thing? I've never seen it all the way through. What? Yeah. It's a good movie. You need to watch it. You need to watch it. Now, with since we're talking about, you know, Star Trek and Star Wars, um, Abram, James Abram, JJ, no, JJ Abram. No, it's not James April. It's mm-hmm. JJ. Um, did you hear what he did about that guy that was dying? Uh-uh. Um, online, they were talking about... I think it came out on Facebook originally. This guy was dying, and he was a, a huge Star Trek fan. And his wife went out on Facebook, found Abram's Facebook page, and said, Look, my husband's dying. He, he, the last thing he, he just wants is to see the movie. So, Abram actually seen the message. Mm. Because you know normally when you have those type of accounts, it's somebody else running yeah. the account. It's not really the celebrity. Yeah. And he somehow seen the, the, the post. So he went and put a, a rough cut together. Flew um, the guy, his wife, his kid, flew him out here to California. Uh-huh. They had a private screening of a rough cut of the new... Um, Star Trek movie. Right. That's cool. Went back home and died the next day. Wow. That's literally, that's all he wanted to do left in life is he just wanted to see the new movie. That's crazy. That is. But, um, but yeah, so Abram's going to be doing the new Star Wars. I, I'm not sure where we're going to go because the news, from what I understand, just broke today. Um... So I'll have, just have to keep you posted on that. At least it's somebody that knows what they're doing with sci-fi. That's, That's true. Say. That's true. Um, at one point, because you know I've been following it fairly regularly, just out of curiosity, I thought it was over when I heard Tim Burton's name. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, Tim Burton. Uh-uh. Wow. He was being considered... Why even consider him for that? Like, no. Star Wars Claymation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'd be like robot chicken all over again. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Speaking of uh, Tim Burton, there's uh, a filmmaker in Hollywood. He wants to do a documentary on the lost Superman Lives movie. Now, do you know what that is? Do you know what the story no. that is? Back in 1990s, Warner Brothers actually hired Tim Burton mm. to write and... Well, let me go back a little bit further than that. After Mallrats, uh-huh. Warner Brothers put together um, Superman Lives. It was supposed to be the sequel to one of the Superman movies. Mm-hmm. They hired Kevin Smith. Okay? Kevin Smith wrote this, like, huge script. Mm-hmm. They were going to run with the script... But they ended up hiring Tim Burton to direct Superman Lives. Yeah. Well, Tim Burton brings his own cast in. So, um, they took what, pretty much the concept, the general concept of Kevin Smith's script, and they rewrote it. And they casted Nicolas Cage's Superman. What? And they, they casted Chris Rock. As Jimmy Olsen. When when was this made? Um, it wasn't. It was gonna be made. It was supposed to be in the late nineties. 
okay. And and the villain for this movie is Brainiac, mm-hmm. who they casted as your favorite actor, Tim Allen. No way. Yes. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Allen, Nicholas Cage, Chris Rock in a movie together. <laughs> yes, yes, oh. and and uh, I just showed you the picture, and you know, yeah. real fast. He did not look like a happy Superman. No, he, he did not. It, it would have been a flop from the game. Yeah. Um, and I guess from what I understand, the executives, the high executives at the Warner Brothers, were like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, and cut it. But there's no real reason what happened, why. It stopped. Yeah. So we shoot to 2013 today, and this filmmaker wants to make a movie about what happened to the Tim Burton Superman movie. Yeah. Everybody's in for it. And then he hits him with, well, I need $90,000 to make this movie. Uh huh. So, and the. The documentary most likely will not happen mm-hmm. because he's the guy who's trying to do it. Um, he went up to some where you go when you ask for money, yeah. one of those type of sites, yeah. and he's trying to get money together from the people. Mm-hmm. Well, but I just thought it was kind of an interesting. Topic. Yeah, a good it's, documentary to watch if it ever came out. I would watch it. So would I. I I, I want to see. I. It sounds so bad. I mean, the only way that they could really market something like that was if it was a parody. Not even that. That movie would have been made. It would probably would have had like a horrible box out office type thing. But it would have been a cult movie that everybody would have watched. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, there's some stupid movies out there that are horrid. Space yet people balls. still watch. Like, yeah, Spaceballs. People still watch that stuff because it's so bad. You just sit and laugh at it. Or like the original Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. You know the story behind that, right? No. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah, you told me. They had to make it or they lost the right. rights to it. But it was never meant to go to DVD. Well, it wasn't DVD, then it was VHS. Yeah. It was never meant to go to theaters. It was to be made and put up and locked away. Well, it got locked. Or it got leaked, rather. Yeah. Just so happens your brother has a copy. Do you? Yes. Oh. Uh-huh. That is one of the absolute worst... You know, I, I seriously think they probably spent maybe a thousand dollars on it. Yeah. At most. A thousand dollars. Yeah. You know, on production. Yeah. And um, it was horrible, but it's a cult classic. Yeah. Because it's so bad. Because it's so bad. I I don't know. I. But yeah, I honestly, I would see. The only thing that would make it better is if it was like Cedric the Entertainer that was Superman. That would have made it better. <laughs> up, up, and away, motherfucker. You know? Uh, that that would have been good. So, I know we're 11 minutes into the conversation, and I'm going to what I usually ask in the very beginning of the topic, but I actually had shit to talk about today. So, what have you guys been up to this week? You want to uh, drop the official waiting, wedding date? That's right, boys and girls. We have an official wet wood. I can't talk. (laughs) I'm overcome with excitement. When are you guys getting married? May 18th. Yeah, May 18th. May 18th, Las Vegas, Nevada. 
Yes. Lost in the Vegas and Nevada. So, mark your calendars. Are, are, are we going to tell the listeners where, you know, so we can... <laughs> Send many gifts. Well, I was going to say, show up and, you know, hundreds of thousands of people there that you have no clue. I know. That listens to the show, but, you know, hey, they I know. I like your voice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll say it now. Um, there, I'm cordially inviting anybody with a gift to the wedding. That's right. So if you have a gift in hand that's over, let's let's put let's put a cap on it. Um, say nothing, nothing cheaper than what? Ninety bucks. Yeah. And. What's the cap? What's what's the limit? Of what? For gifts. Cost-wise. Because you don't want people to, you know, go and give you, like, $5,000 gift. I mean, sure. Well, why not? <laughs> because that's not a polite thing to do. I don't know. I'll take a car, jewels, swimming okay. pool. I'll take your life. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll put the cap on there. Nothing more than 500 bucks. So there you have it. If, if you want to, you know, come in with a, a good gift, uh, drop me an email, info at jayzomon.com, J-A-Y-Z-O-M-O-N.com. And if you're serious, I'll, I'll give you directions. I'll give you time, date, and everything else. That is when we figure out the rest Where? of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, um, what have you guys been up to? I mean, um, other than planning for the wedding. We went to Vegas. Again. Again, on Tuesday and Thursday. Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday and Thursday, okay. Tuesday and Wednesday. Like Tuesday and Thursday for me. And I was still at home, mm-hmm. watching the kids. And we basically just went and visited his family, got our Christmas presents, took them their Christmas presents. And that was about, I've been going to school, that's about it. How's school, school going? Well, it's all for right. both of you. Oh, that's, that's a question. For he's he's going to be done soon. He just has to do his math, I think. Math and English. Math and English. And but then take the uh, exit exam. He only needs five units of math, and he's ten units of English, and he's done. Right on. How about you? Um, you have a competition to... coming up, right? Yeah. You want to talk about that? Uh, we have a fantasy competition coming up on February the 12th. Mm-hmm. Make the hamburglar. I'm not making the hamburger. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, technically, technically yes, but it basically it's it's like head to toe. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though we're we're doing like makeup and hair, it's like costume and everything too. So yeah, <laughs> I still can't get that image, Nicholas Cage. Out of my head. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, what you guys need to do, go to Google, type in Nicolas Cage as Superman. Hit enter. Then click on images. And you will see the image that is burned in into my Aaron's freaking eyes. <laughs> God. He's going to go to sleep seeing the Man of Steel. I know, forever. And uh, it, it, okay. it doesn't make it bad enough. That his last name is Cage and he's supposed to be the Man of Steel? Yeah, really. Well, and the thing is, the funny part is, 
And when you guys go and Google this, in fact, push pause, Google it, and then push play. Okay, so now we're assuming that you're looking at the Superman picture as we're talking about this. You know, you can tell it's a hard shell outfit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's there's no spandex. There's no. It's it's just a hard shell. And the humorous part is is where the neck line ends and it goes into a V. It's painted skin tone. Yeah. That's you. You can clearly tell that's not his real skin. It's just painted over the the shell of the costume. He looks like he looks like the Nicolas Cage from uh, like when he was like when he leaving Las Vegas or loathing Las Vegas. What's it called? Oh uh, yeah, with um, where he's doing drugs or whatever. Yeah. That's what he looks like in that picture. I swear to you, he was like all his eyes were like. He all, does. He looks spun the fuck out. Yeah. With long nappy hair, kind of like mine. <laughs> um. But yeah, it, it is. It's it's very comical, and um, so now at least Aaron will have the comfort to know that not only he will be going to bed with the image of Nicolas Cage in his head, <laughs> that everybody else will have the same non. What's what's the what's a good word for that that I can say? Well. I, I was going to say, it just looks really gay. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Oh, I mean, it just looks bad. It's just all bad. It's a bad idea, a bad person to put for it. It's just a bunch of bad. That picture is a national treasure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so, back to the competition. You haven't decided exactly what you're going to do? Yeah. I have some ideas, but I don't know. These competitions are, are fixed, I think, but that's besides the point. Speaking of fixed and whatnot for your, your classes, I have to say, Rebecca's hair is finally a natural color. My hair was black. That's natural. And I was going to say, well, no, it was kind of blackish. So black that it was blue. And then it was, well, no, before that it was teal. It was blue. It was teal. No, it was blue and then it turned, it faded to teal. No. Then before the blue, it was red and black. Red and black. Before that, it was pink and green. So, as I'm saying, this is the first time she's actually. Setting before me. No, I have I have pink in my hair, people. That that still gives me a little bit of my wild side to come out. It's it's pink highlights, I guess, right? Yeah. It, it she looks she doesn't look like she's coming out of a punk rock concert. Not today, anyway. <laughs> give it a week. Yeah, give it a week. <laughs> um, let's see what's going on in my world. Do I really want to talk about the CNN thing? I don't know. Um, I'll just leave it at this. If if you guys are interested, I'm I'm not gonna bitch and moan. I'm not gonna whine as I was said to to do. Um, if you want to know what I'm talking about, go to Google, type in my name, David K Montoya, and you'll find that there's a thing, there's an article that's actually on me from CNN News, um, and and you can read it yourself. And, and that's pretty much all I really have to say about that. What I have to say about that is, if 
if you're gonna go and write anything about anybody, um, use a program with spell check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or in in correct correct grammatical. grammatical errors. And put who wrote it because then I won't get blamed for it next time. <laughs> and accused. I wasn't accusing. It was a question. Mm-hmm. I. Okay, there's no secret that you were upset when I told you that I was closing the company. Yeah, that's not why I'm upset. I'm upset because you think I would write such an atrocity of the, the, <laughs> English, atrocity. Lang- <laughs> the English language and kill it that way. <laughs> Got it while I was sleeping. <laughs> oh, that's good. what I'm upset about. But oh, we've, yeah. we've clarified that it's, it's not. And we may never know. And yeah. it's okay. It's... It's your opinion. Um, obviously, you listen to our podcasts, so you're listening to this right now. Yep. Um, you know, I'm sorry you feel that way, but you know what? And, the, and when it comes down to it, the bottom line is I've got to do what makes me happy. Yeah. It doesn't matter about what you guys like, what Jaden Rizzoli likes, what the, the world likes. It, it's me. It's because I do it. I'm the one that runs it, so it's, it's got to be me. Yeah. And I've got to be happy with what I decide to do. Um, <clears throat> so, there you go. Uh, when are we going? We're actually going to be going to the movies. Yep. On, well, hopefully... The third or the first? <clears throat> On the third. And we're going to um, see Warm Bodies, right? Yeah. It's on a Sunday. I'm excited. Now... This is kind of exciting for me because I can tell you the very last time I went to a movie theater with my sister. And that was when we went and seen Silent Hill. No, was it? Yes, that was the oh, very dang. last movie we seen in the movie theater. And I don't know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know me and zombies. I'm always going to be good. And, uh... And it's not the Cinemark now, right? It's changed to something else? No, it's that one's still the cinema. <laughs> that one's still the Cinemark. This one used to be Ultrastar, and now they've changed it to Digiplex. Digiplex. Yeah. <clears throat> Sounds like a porn production studio. <laughs> it does. I don't know if they're... Because, see, the Facebook for the Ultrastar even changed to Digiplex. So I don't know if it's under the same they, management. They probably And they're... Them still doing their same specials and all that like you know how they like give you like early bird specials and the right. Tuesdays and Thursdays and student discounts and all that I don't know if they're still doing all that but um they're probably losing a lot of money like that no they're what I think is I think it's still un, I don't know I think I don't know we'll maybe see. corporate maybe bot. maybe but we'll find out when we go find out where we're gonna go to the movies at on the third this will be exciting and you're invited to go with Jaden and I on May 3rd. Okay. Go see Iron Man? Yes. Iron Man 3. I um, always see Iron Man for my birthdays because Iron Man and Spider-Man movies always come out around my birthday. Same here. In fact, the every, every Spider-Man that we've watched, every Iron Man that we've watched has been on my birthday. Yeah. You know, for my birthday, mm-hmm. that's Jaden and I have gone. Well, before before he got old enough to go to the movies, because he wasn't old enough when Spider-Man Three came out. He was still young. 
So, but I mean, now he's he's gone to like Iron Man one, Iron Man two. Um, we haven't seen the Amazing Spider-Man. He's he's kind of turned his back on Spider-Man. Yeah. Because he's. I don't not... blame him though. I don't blame him. Especially I. <clears throat> I tried to explain to him about the whole Dr. Ock, or Doc Ock, taking over Peter Parker's body and yeah. killing Peter Park. That, even for an intelligent 11-year-old, that just went right over his head. It was mm. like, hello. Um, you know, I have to bring this up. There's been one other person, you know, because I've done a lot of podcasting yeah. you know, and multiple shows, but there's probably one person that's not even listed on any of the shows that has done as much podcasting as I have. Yeah. And that is my almost one-and-a-half-year-old daughter. She is constantly in podcasts with me. Oh, Zoe. And she's flirting with her Aunt Becca. Are you going to say hi? She's a little doll over there. Are you going to say hi? You a doll? She's a little monkey see, monkey do. Remember last episode? We couldn't get her to shut up. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> she had a lot to talk about. Oh, did you see what I named last episode, by the way? Uh-uh. You know, since, because the majority of it, I think 45 minutes of it, we talked about the WWE. Yeah. Yeah. So, what I named that, that segment was W.W.E. WWW. So, WWU. Oh. <laughs> I've been thinking um, about getting back into writing. Not just writing, but writing comic books. I, I've been really wanting to do that lately. Have you had any urge to get back into comic books over the past few years? Somewhat. You know, I, I actually dropped a... a I, I won't say his name, but I, I dropped an email to Joe. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And... Um, you know, I told him that I'm, I'm going to sit down and we'll work on some ideas, and I'll, I'll pitch it to him. And he wrote back, and he told me to have my agent contact the talent agent for Marvel. Yeah. And I'm like, when did comic writers start having agents? I don't know. Now, I grew up in a time where... And that's, I think, what really attracted me to that field is you wrote a story, you sent that some bitch in, and if they liked it, they paid you. You were on. Yeah. yeah. It was that simple. But now, you have to have an agent. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Do you think you're like a music producer or something now? I think it's because you're, you're an entertainment Everything. Person. No, you know what it is? Everything that has to do with entertainment has to have an agent because the agents need to make their money is what it is. Mm -hmm. Giving extra jobs, I guess. Well, let's just face it, okay? An agent is a person that knows people. Mm -hmm. That's all they are. Mm -hmm. And if you make it good, it, it doesn't even matter if they'll represent you or not. If they like you and they have the right connections, you've got a job. If they don't like you, you're screwed. Exactly. So I, I've actually been looking at different... Um, comic book agents very very odd you know what interesting thing is what? the majority of them I'd say about 80% of them are female <coughs> really? yeah, <clears throat> yeah I, I wow. wasn't expecting that one 
So, I, I've been thinking about writing, and believe it or not, I'm not talking about X-Men either. I, I got X-Men stories that I could write, mm -hmm. but I think I would like to write something different. You know, I, um, I was thinking because of how fun Sergeant Iron was. Yeah. Marvel equivalent to Sergeant Iron, I'd say, is like Captain America. Yeah. I could really write something about Captain America. <laughs> I could. Um, I, I would love to do a Batman story. Or... And this kind of stems out from my cousin, little Virgil. Well, our cousin. Yeah. And, you know, he's, he's not doing well. And uh, when I was a little boy... He introduced me to the, the the comic world, essentially. You know, before I became a comic fan, he introduced me to the world of superheroes. And he always told me that, you know, I could play as the Green Lantern if he could play as the Flash. Mm -hmm. So I would actually like to do a Green Lantern and Flash comic book. That would be cool. I think that would be fun. I think in this time and age, people, like, Marvel had its time, mm -hmm. like, essentially, it, it, like, early 90s to late 2010, Right. it was, it was all Marvel. Right. Now it's, it, seems, it just seems like everything is revolved, it's been revolving around DC more, so. Well, we kind of mentioned this briefly before we started recording. Scott Snyder is the hottest writer on the market right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he writes Batman. Yeah. You know, and he he's a majority of his work is DC. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I, I don't know. You know, I've, I've been a Marvel fan for a lot of years, but I think I would like to branch out and kind of... That's how I feel. Like, I really liked Marvel when I was growing up, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> Being how young I am, people know. Right. Um, I really like Marvel, and now it, it just—I don't know. DC seems like it actually has it's more innovative. Yeah, yeah. It, it has a lot more potential. You know. Well, I think it's because they took the stories and they made them more mature. They've, they've yeah. kind of—you know—it's—it's it's taken them eighty years to realize it, but they're like. Holy shit, you know, comic books aren't just for kids. Mm -hmm. If we make the stories for mature readers, you know, and, and we're not talking like mature teen, we're talking adult mature readers. Mm. Yeah. You know, when you turn up that heat, it makes a story a lot more interesting, and that's what they've done. I also I, think that a lot of the people who, like, grew up when they were younger liking comic books... They want to continue to read comic books, and nowadays, most of these young kids, they don't really get into comic books. Because there's so many other things for them to get Different into. Different mediums. Yeah. Like, you know, back when you were younger, there wasn't much, you no. know? There was, like, wrestling and comic books. Right. And then maybe a few, like, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles shows on TV, but now there's so many things that kids can get into, it's hard to get their attention. Video games one thing. being... Yeah, the main... The main thing. And what I like is that... Uh, what we were talking about before uh, we started recording was, you know, comic book games. Right. And now, or right now they have DC, which is, you know, they have their MMO, and 
the Marvel one's supposed to be coming out in uh, spring of this year. So, and you said how long has this been? They've been working on that for like how many years? I know that in 2007. Well, they've been working on it since at least 2007. In it was originally being developed by Microsoft, and it was going to be for Microsoft only. Mm-hmm. But they realized that it wasn't competitive at the time, so they came out with another MMO instead called Champions. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then another company bought it, and I can't remember the name. Gamezilla or something like that. Gazillion. Gazillion. Yeah, Gazillion. Gazillion. Um, and another Gazillion and another company are producing the game now. And from what I, I know, it's going to be on PC, and I heard it's going to be on the, the 360. I'm not positive on that. Might just be like rumors, speculation, but, stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah. Um, and it's just now coming out, and it's been in the works for a while. It's base. It looks really similar to DC Universe Online, but to me, it, it to me it looks better because like the the actual like abilities look way cooler, like the Phoenix ability and. They have a list of the characters you can be. You start as a as a character, like you could be like the Thing, Spider Man, Wolverine, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Storm, um, Deadpool, Deadpool, Hawkeye, Nova, Nova, Scarlet Witch, Rocket Raccoon, Rocket Raccoon. There's <laughs> Rocket Raccoon. Yes, it looks cool. <laughs> and you start out with that basic look, and then you can customize your character. Not completely customization like DC, right? But you can change your colors, your cost. Like if you're the Thing. You're still going to look the thing. Right. Your character's still going to look like the thing. It's just going to be, you know, you can change, like, the, the gear you have on. And you can also right. customize your abilities. You don't have to have every single ability, but you can customize the abilities. I saw for Jean Grey, like, you start out as Jean Grey, but you can get, like, the um, Phoenix or the Dark Phoenix skills. And they look really cool. But, uh, so Storms look really cool, too. But I really want to play it. It looks awesome to me. Because, like, you know, the nostalgia, like, to me, I, I love Marvel. And, like, they have a lot of my favorite characters on there, so I'm ha- pretty happy about it. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned this, I, I think I mentioned it on Who's the Boss, it's, or maybe I mentioned it here. I really want to get back into Chromebooks. I really do. Yeah. But I'm afraid that the nostalgia, that's what kind of it's gonna, It's not going to be, be there. there. Yeah. It, it's going to be different. What I would, what I would do, I mean, me being me, is God, uh, me. <laughs> me being me, is turn away from the superhero aspect of a comic book and going dark with it. Like for me, like I want to see more comic books about super villains. Right. And that's something you don't you don't see very well. All you see is like Superman, Flash, Green Lantern, Batman, you know, all of them. I don't know. I Aquaman. Like, I like the, <laughs> I like the villains, but I still like the what the superheroes stand for, you know. Right. I don't know if it's so much, you know, the good guys versus the bad guys thing. I've always just liked the content, the drama. The drama is something that really brought it. Yeah. You know, because um, with Marvel, that was what it was all about, was wanting to um, to how do I explain it? As a teenager, I could relate to the dramas that they were putting into the fleshing. Yeah. I was, you know, and I don't know. 
I, but I do. I really want to get back into comic books. Yeah. And, I, again, I'm just afraid that that nostalgia that I'm so attracted to is going to be gone. They don't even have comic shops anymore over here, do they? No. They, have, they still have them in Las Vegas. I know, but what about here? Las Vegas doesn't do us any good. Um, the guy that ran the comic book shop here, he, for like 25 years, he owned it. And then he was doing so good, he opened up another one down the hill. Yeah. And he was making double the money. So he decided that he was going to start taking all the best items from the books up here for his own personal collection. So, you know, when they had a, a, the variants, you know, and like, for example, Marvel would go and they would, you buy 25, you know, books, you might have one variant covered in that 25. Yeah. Well, he would take that and, and keep it for his personal collection. Oh. And he did that so much, it went out of business up here. Oh. And I don't know why he closed down the hills. He did? Yeah. Shortly after it shows oh. up. Probably because he started doing the same damn thing. Taking know. all the good stuff for himself. No one wants to go shopping there. Yeah. Because there's nothing to buy. And that's kind of what happened with me is because, um, you know, the only thing that I could pick up there was the new issues. You know, all the old back issues or crummy issues that I already had. Yeah. So I turned to eBay. You know? I mean, shit, I picked up like 50-something comic books. I picked up, in that 50-something comics, I picked up an X-Men 101, the first appearance of Phoenix, near mint condition. And I think I spent like 60 bucks for the whole set. Yeah. You know, I can turn around and sell that book for like 400 bucks, because it's the first appearance of Phoenix. You know, you can't beat those kind of deals. Not yeah. On, not on eBay. No, you can't. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm getting on my comic rant. <laughs> yeah, those were good days. Um, so let's see. We've yapped about the comics and the writing, the agents. I still can't get over the agent. If I if I actually get an agent, I'll, I'll let you know who <laughs> I decide on. That's that's going to be difficult for me to kind of pick up on. Is I don't know. Like I said, it, it was just not the way it used to work. Yeah. I mean, shit. If I'm gonna get an agent, I might as well start writing like screenplays and send them off to Hollywood and stuff. Yeah. You know? Uh, so, what do you got going for this week? Anything good? Uh, possibly, maybe possibly, I'm going to go to a hair show on Sunday. I can get $30. What's a hair show? It's the biggest convention type thing there is in the, in Southern California for hairdressers. Really? They have it, it's going to be in Long Beach. $30 to get in, you get eight hours of credits for it. And they have they show you all the newest innovation of all things that have to do with like hair, makeup, skin, whatever. And there's a lot of shit I'm gonna want to buy that I can't. I'm gonna be very <laughs> sad about. Because one lady was telling me that you could go, you could go to a hair show and find something uh -huh. that you will never find again for the rest of your life. Really? Yeah. They have like some crazy stuff there that like they're, they'll sell you and like they do all these weird things that you've never even seen before. So hope they can get thirty dollars. So I would like to see some of the stuff they have there. That's cool. Um, you know what? I, I think it's appropriate just to ding in and apologize one more time to the listeners because I'm not going to be able to edit any of these sounds out, you know, because just the sounds that are happening as we're talking. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm watching the kids, and I apologize for 
the grunts and the squeaks and the, the bottle sucking, it's, you know, <laughs> that you guys are hearing in the background. She's super cute, though. She's our mascot. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's the Zoe of the Jizzle one. Yeah, she's the mascot. Um, so I, I just want to throw that out there. I do apologize. I'm going to try to adjust the levels and, and, you know, maybe try to blend it in with the background music for when, you know, goes up, um, you know, to play for everybody. So maybe yeah. it'll kind of level out with background music. But, again, I do apologize. Um, okay, so let's see. New movies? Any good movies that you've seen lately? Or not seen, but, you know, as far as, um... I basically went over all the movies that are coming out that I heard, that I've heard of. I mean, as time goes on, we're gonna see more stuff that's gonna be released. But yeah, I, I know um, Larry Walton. And was it this this episode or last last episode? He literally went through every single movie that was coming out in 2013. Yeah. And um, I don't know. There's one I'm kind Does that of... that include adult movies? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Oh, that, that might be something really wrong. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> People that was like, what is he talking about? I, I was going to say, our listeners just jumped by like 15,000 people. Wait, 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 he's talking about porn? I'm, I'm in. But um, one thing that I want to talk about, since we're talking about new movies... Or, you know, is that something really You know, did you guys watch G.I. Joe? The first G.I. Joe? Mm, heck no. Nope. Heck no. I did not watch. That ain't my thing. No? No. Don't get me wrong. Transformers, she'll go. Don't get me wrong. Okay, don't get me wrong. The guy who, who played the lead star in there is very hot, and he's a cutie and all. But he's not that good of an actor. <laughs> and that told me, no, don't watch this movie. Um... Well, you know, I grew up watching the G.I. Joe cartoons. Yeah. The more you know. <laughs> no, it's knowing is half, half the battle. But it was it was very heartbreaking to to watch this atrocity. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were wearing super suits that made them bionically powerful. Oh God! And they could jump and run and fly. That that was not G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe is the old American hero. And when I seen this, you know, the very first one, The Rise of Cobra, I'm like, oh, they'll never make another one again. Mm-hmm. Guess what comes out this Lo year? Lo and behold, I knew there was another yeah. one coming out because I saw it on the thing. And now this one is, in the sequel, all of G.I. Joe is pretty much dead except a handful of G.I. Joe. I've seen people. that. Yeah, they're mostly all dead except for a few, a couple of them. What the hell? I don't know. Lucy, you have some explaining to do. <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, okay. So that kind of shoots the chance of a trilogy. Yeah. For one, because they're all dead. We don't need a trilogy though. We just need to let it go to go to just, sleep. Just let it happen. Just let it rest. GI Joe. Don't, okay, let's just face this. In fifteen years from now, we're gonna remake these movies anyway. So. Yeah. This, this is the first G.I. Joe movie they've ever made. Yeah, but they'll remake it. They'll remake it. Like, when we're old. It'll we'll be like, oh, look at I told you G.I. Joe was going to be remade. There we go. Because life is a remake of every movie. Have you not noticed this? Yeah. Well, I know the new Nightmare on Elm Street is supposed to be coming out here. So. I want to see that. I... I know it's not... 
Because I watched the other one, the, re, the first remake they did. Right. And it's not like the original, it's not as scary as the original, but I still thought it was a pretty good movie. It was decent. It was decent. I mean, even if Michael Bay had his, you know, demonic hands in it, um, you know, because, I don't know. Get I, Stephen King, M. Night Shyamalan. No. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan, I don't like that man. He... And, and, uh, Keith Ledger, they'll make a good movie. He's just still alive. <laughs> <laughs> it would make a good movie. And that Sean Juan is... He's okay, but once he started making all that weird, like, crappy-ass movies he started making, it was like, no. Yeah. No. I think he was hitting the blow too hard. I want to see the new Avatar. I know a lot of people don't like Avatar and hate on Avatar. Oh, the second Avatar? Yeah, That's I cool. liked Avatar. I thought it was a really good movie. So did I. I did. Blue people, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. A lot of people hate it. A lot of people... Really? I, yes, I don't... Like, oh my god, Avatar can't stand it. I'm like... Like, what movie did you watch? Because I didn't watch the same movie. It was a fantastic movie. Yeah, they're making another one. I want to see it. Yeah, I will, I will definitely watch it. You're a little addict over there. But, yeah. <laughs> they start young, don't they? God. She's going to be the hobdobbler. <laughs> That's what we call mom. <laughs> uh, just to to fill in the, the listeners, because the listeners are like, what? What? What's going on? I don't get it. What's going on? My little girl's running around with two bingo daubers. Um, <laughs> my wife is. Would would it be inappropriate to call her a bingo addict? Yes. What does say a bingo enthusiast? Yeah, okay. she's a bingo enthusiast. <laughs> <laughs> and my daughter's running around with her bingo dauber. She's taking out her grandma, man. Mom got Lacey hooked. Yeah. And is always gonna get hooked. No, I will intervene. I will intervene. By the power of Thor, I will intervene. <laughs> but, um... Oh, uh... What? I just remembered something uh, about comics and Netflix. Uh-huh. They have, for some reason, and, and I've noticed this, but they only have DC stuff on there. I know. Not have X-Men. No, I mean, like, like... Like... Like story stuff, you know. You know what I'm talking about. You know, I was telling you about this thing that they have on there. It has like a bunch of different, like little 20 minute clips. Oh yeah. Of different people from DC. The first one is Superman and Black Adam. Then it's like uh, the Spectre. Then it's Green Arrow. I was, I was like, wait a minute. I thought this was like a a, a movie. They probably of- brought bought the rights to DC stuff. They have to get the rights to, to show what they show. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I was like, I don't know. I, I was astounded because there's not nearly as much Marvel stuff on there as there's DC. One day they're going to have all kinds of stuff on there. I'm just waiting for that day. Yeah, Marvel, Marvel will probably come out with its own because, you know, um, Disney, and we know this because of who we know that works at Disney. Yeah. Uh, you know, Disney has come out or is going to, to come out, I don't know if they've actually done it yet. You know, Disney's going to come out with their own streaming video. Yeah. Like Netflix, but strictly Disney stuff. Mm. Nickelodeon's going to come out with their own, you know, streaming video. And if Disney's going to do this, you know, the streaming video... And they already have it. Do, do they? It's... It's like... All Disney movies. Really? And... I think I've seen this. I'm not tripping out, but 
But if if Disney has it, and obviously Disney owns Marvel, yeah. So maybe we can expect an all Marvel channel. Oh my God, I would be down for that. Are you talking about channel? Or are you talking about like a, streaming, like Netflix? Like because yeah. they already have their own channel. They already have their own on demand and everything. But Marvel does? No, Disney. Oh. But I was gonna say they do. Okay, let's wrap this up. We're going to your house. <laughs> all right, folks. Um, we've we've rattled the brains of enough comic talk. Let's let's see if we can change directions without coming back to comic books here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I, was it? No, it was before we started recording, right? About what? Face off. Yeah. This is sort of. This is sort of on the lines of comics, but not so much, but more along the lines of monster makeup type stuff. Like, right. Like what Rebecca loves to do. And on this thing, they had to create, like, their own superheroes. God, it was funny. It was, it really was funny. Like, if I had that, I could rock that. Really? Mm-hmm. I know, I know a lot about superheroes. I could, if I knew, if I had all the skills these people had. Mm-hmm. I could rock me some superheroes. You know this. Well, they were just completely lost. Some of them were. Some of them were decent. Some of them were like ripoffs of of superheroes, basically. But there was this one I really liked. It was like a cyborg, like from the future. She's like a punker chick. Uh It looked really cool. But what was the one that we were laughing at? Can we watch it on like uh, YouTube or something? Yeah. Yeah, you can see it on on demand. Why on demand, but. We have to check it's that out. It's called Face Off. It's really, it's a really cool show. I like it. Okay. And Miss Zoe is <clears throat> being annoyed. This is what I get for buying you that for Christmas. <laughs> Our listeners are like, all right, I give up. Like, I, I can't stand. Well, well, maybe next time when we sit down and record again, maybe the kids will be asleep. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Love her to death, but. Yeah, it's it's just been one of those type of nights. Yeah. Alright, so you've got your little thing that you've got to work on, your your contest. Yes. Aaron, you've got school to knock out. You're almost done. Mm-hmm. I've still yet to sit down and show you how to work this thing. Um, you have the program. I mean, yeah. Really fast, speaking of contest. Yeah, go ahead. If anybody wants to email me a costume design for an a dark elf, I would be very happy. <laughs> okay, let's do that. Let's say uh, dark elf. Yeah, Dolkosfar. Um, it's going to be like a woodland type dark elf, like the archer and everything, but I need a costume for this. Naturey. Anybody wants to draw up a design and send it? Thank you. Okay, let's, let's just make this a little bit more interesting, shall we? Yes. Let's make it a contest. Okay. That's what I was going to say. Have a Go to the forum. Send in your best artwork. Whichever one is picked and you use for your contest. Yes. They get a signed uh, copy of Book of Dreams. Yeah. That sound good? Yes. Okay. I, I, I can't take no more of the kitty music. I'm sorry, folks. So this is David K. Montoya. I'm Rebecca C. Lofgren. And I'm Aaron Illich. And remember, boys and girls, if you're trying to podcast and all you can hear is little kids' music, you might be seeing red.
Good night. Oh, man, I forgot. Yeah, that was definitely a, a difficult time to record a, a podcast. Um, Zoe, my daughter, she was very young at the time, and, and uh, you know, she was learning to talk and babble, and, and she seen, you know, her dad and her aunt and uncle sitting and talking and, and having a good time, and she just wanted to jump right into it as well. Yeah, that was a good time. She's uh she still she likes to anytime we have the mics out, she likes to jump in and and say her two cents. Even though at this point it's still some of it's still kind of hard to make out what she's saying, but she has plenty to say. Okay, let's go ahead and jump in and get episode number 2 and we'll just move things right along here. Okay. And the second episode of the week is Movie Madhouse number six. That was released July 23rd, 2013. And it says, Mike, Rob, and Jason run down the top five at the box office this week. They also announced the winner of the trivia contest. All right. Well, personally, these guys are one of my favorite podcasts to listen to that is just they're hysterical and I really enjoy them. So I look forward to sitting back and relaxing with you folks as we enjoy the movie Madhouse number six. Welcome to the July 23rd episode of the movie Madhouse. I'm Jason Bachard. I'm Mike Lutz. And I'm Rob Bellamy. So boys, another, uh, we're, we're back for another week of, uh, movie ch- chatting. Yes. So like, as. As we usually do, we'll uh, we'll kick it off with the uh, the box office numbers that we've got for uh, so far for the week, and we had a couple big releases uh, over the weekend. Actually, it, it Despicable Me finally got knocked out of the top spot. Yes. So, what do we got here? What what came in number one this weekend? Number one this week is a new movie, The Conjuring. The Conjuring, and that surprises me. A horror movie. Not in prime horror season, October. True. And it's number one. That's, that's amazing why. to me. That's got to be why, because it's I think, not. I think it, well, I think it might be a little backlash, because you, you look at, I think, number one and three are animated. Uh, I know there's another animated movie out there. Right. Uh, well, first is The Conjuring, 41.5 million. Two is Despicable Me. It got bumped back. Yeah. And then the third one is the other new one, Turbo. I know it's the summer and they're putting movies out for the kids and matinees to give parents a two hour break, but come on. And to go buy the Happy Meals. Don't forget the Happy Meals. Uh, don't forget the Happy Meals. Yes, the Happy Meals. Which are minions. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> How many have you got so far, Rob? I just heard. I Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Turbo looks kind of cute. When I saw the trailer for it, I, I actually haven't seen it, but when I saw the trailer for it, I thought it was kind of cute. I don't have the all. I have a great nephew. He, he'd probably get a kick out of it, but my kids are beyond that, so I don't know if I'll ever see it. I don't think I will. No? I just, it, it holds no interest for me. Now, I will go see Despicable Me again, just... Like I said, it was it was a fantastic movie all the way through, but Turbo, nah, not going to happen. But Brian Reynolds is the main. Voice. That's why. 
He is, really? Yeah. So he's in two movies that open this weekend. Yes, he yes. is. Him uh, and, uh, what's her name, Mary Louise Parker. She's in two movies this weekend as well. What's yeah. this, this double dipping? They're, they're well, not allowed to do that. Okay. Hollywood needs to put some restrictions. Okay. Kind of off topic. I said for the DVD releases today, James McAvoy's in the two DVDs yep. being released too. Uh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So... Hollywood is now double dipping all over the place. I can't tell you why in the DVDs. I can't explain why in the box office because the animated movies were recorded probably three years ago. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah a lot of movies sit on the shelf for so long. When it comes to digital animation, you're talking multiple years. Yeah. Okay. You know, well, Despicable Me Two was probably recorded three years ago. Right. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, well, number four is Grown Ups Two bumped down. It only made twenty million. Uh, 19 million too much. I can't bring myself to see it, and somebody I, I work with actually saw it, and he said that, yeah, it's one of those most of the funny stuffs in the commercial. Like, so that's what scared I, me about it. Like, it, it was, I think we always we said it last week. You said that story's been told. Yeah, there's like all they're gonna try and do is expand on what they had, but it, it was it was funny once. And how how much is how much funny is left with the the Rob uh, oh Schneider? Yeah, he's missing. He's not in it. Oh, well, there you go. That was the funniest part. Right? <laughs> he's not in it. So again, well, when you you take him out and you put Shaquille O'Neal in there, how funny is that? Shaq's in that movie. I think so. Oh my lord. <laughs> <laughs> Well, number five is the other new movie, Red 2. I want to see this. I it's, do, too. It's, it did surprise me it's that low. It, yeah, exactly. Well, you know? There's a lot of... Well, okay, I expected it to open higher than The Conjuring, but I didn't think it was going to open bigger than Despicable Me. I thought for sure Despicable Me was going to be number one, number one, and then Red 2 was going to be number two, and then it was going to fall through like that. Who saw The Conjuring coming? Honestly, I did. That one... Well, okay, the trailers, yes. You go by the trailers and just reading about it. The, the research I've done, it looks like a phenomenal story. Nicely told. And that's... When it comes to horror movies anymore, well, we did the whole Evil Dead thing. Yeah. Well, that was still good. Yeah. It was the gore horror. Yeah. You know? This is the ghosty... This, yeah, this is horror. the suspense... Again, James Wan is in part of this, and he did Saw and, uh, oh my god, Sidious. Yeah, okay. And he always stressed, if you are going to jump at one of my horrors, it's not going to be because a cat flew at the screen. You're going to jump because you're scared. And that's what excited me about this movie. Okay. I'm so, not a big horror fan, but I will say, I want to see that movie. I was sold on the, the hand-clapping trailer. That was oh, just ridiculous. Yeah, that looked pretty freaky. And I was just like, yeah, okay, I think gotta, you got me. Gotta go see so, it. So, yeah, it was it was a pretty strong weekend, I guess, for openings then. Yeah, even, well, R.I.P.D., which is the other new one, number seven, <sighs> 12 million. I, I, I don't have any interest in that one at all. I do. Please, come on. Tell me again. Your friend's description of this movie. Oh, <laughs> I was somebody. I read an online review about it. The reviewer goes, uh, "R.I.P.D. is a 90-minute live-action Scooby-Doo episode 
that somebody has painstakingly translated into a foreign language and then retranslated it back into English and put it on film. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm assuming that can only mean that the dialogue is incomprehensible at best. Well, the trailers that I've been seeing, Jeff Bridges has such the southern drawl that, yeah, his dialogue sounds like he gets uh, kind of drowned out. Yeah. You know, I've had a hard time kind of catching what he's saying, but that's just Bridges being Bridges and mm-hmm. really playing that southern drawl. Yeah. But, now, is wow. he supposed to be like a wild Bill Hickok type? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's... He's, he's supposed to be like an old time Western marshal who died and he got chosen for the department. Okay. Ryan Reynolds is the new cop, the super uh, cop. Another buddy cop movie. Yep. Except the buddy's, uh, one buddy's an uh, old Chinese guy and the other <laughs> one's a hot blonde. <laughs> so. Um, that's, so what we got, that was the top five. Opening this, this weekend. Opening this weekend. There, well, there's three, but we're only talking about one. Yep. Wolverine. Snicked. Snicked. <laughs> yeah. I said the word, behind Pacific Rim, oh, he says in the, in the order of, it was Wolverine was definitely on the, on the 2C list. And it's a Pacific Rim. I did finally go see Pacific Rim. I took the kids to go see it. Fantastic. It's like the anti-Cloverfield. I never saw that. What's that? I never saw Cloverfield. You didn't miss much. The handicam thing kind of turned me off. That was brutal. It was like... uh, The the found footage movie is kind of cool. But that shaky cam, the entire... You got motion sickness. It was... Brutal to same watch. Same thing happened to people with Blair Witch, didn't it? They, they did the yeah. same thing and you yeah. got sick. See, I, now Blair, Blair, the Blair Witch Project was good for what it was. Like it wasn't, it was still found footage, yeah. but it wasn't shaky camera all the time. And it was the first one. Yeah. And said being a camper, it scared the hell out of me. Just because, like, oh, yeah, I've been in the bush a couple times and you just start hearing things and well, you just go. this. As you know, I'm a cub leader. I didn't see that movie in the theater. I ended up watching it on video on a Thursday night after a cub meeting. (laughs) The next day, we're going on a camping trip. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not so bad because we drive into the longhouse or wherever, except that the gate was locked. So, well, one leader went back to get the key. (laughs) I'm walking with the other kids at 8.30 at night down the road to the the cabins. Trees, <laughs> yeah. And it was there that one smart Alec kid who oh, saw the movie oh, and made is. the little stick figure, left it outside your bed. Stay together, <laughs> kids, because you're my protection. <laughs> Somebody's coming. I'm throwing them. you. I guess I said, hey, I don't care if we get chased by somebody bad and evil. I don't have to beat them running. I only have to run faster than you, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, back to my pack uh, Pacific Rim. Love. Yes. Okay. Sorry. The anti-Cloverfield. Okay, spoilers. If you haven't seen it yet, I don't know what you're waiting for, but it's been a couple of weeks and we're going to talk about it. Plug your ears or something. Yeah, listen, you're, you're, you're going to hear about it. Anyway, um, within the first two minutes of the movie opening, bam, you, there's a monster on the screen. Just leveling San Francisco. I'm going... This is exactly what I wanted. It's because this is... They, they show you. They put it on Front Street. This is... 
giant monsters and the world's response to these giant monsters coming up from the, the Power Rangers. Oh, it was it wasn't so much the Power Rangers, but it was it was it was, basically I I saw it as every one of your over the top military movies. It was Top Gun, it was Iron Eagle, it was Godzilla. Godzilla. <laughs> it was it was it was all this because You've got, okay, you get the big bad. You get the first level of response. They have a, a modicum of success. All of a sudden, the big bad gets bigger and just wipes the floor with the good guys. And you have a crisis of faith sort of thing there, and they, dis- and they disappear, and everything escalates. And then five years later, here comes the, the military looking for Charlie Hunnam again, Hey, we need you back in the saddle, Chief. Well, come on. <laughs> like, And Charlie Hunnam is a great actor, but every time he was on screen, I saw Jax. You can't help it. <laughs> I can't. That's just iconic. Uh, he was in a movie called The Ledge, where he's supposedly in a relationship with Liv Tyler. But circumstances being what they are in the movie, he ends up on this ledge for reasons in the movie. I'm not going to talk about it, but... That's not that thing. man on a ledge movie. No, no, okay. that's that's with. Uh, I, was say, I don't remember seeing him in the trailer. No, no, this is a different one called The Ledge. Every time he talks, he's supposed to be a businessman, but yeah, it's Jax. <laughs> you know, it's, I'm thinking, watching Sons of Anarchy. This guy is great. He's acting like a biker. Yep. Now I'm looking at other films, going, "No, he's not such a great actor." That's him. <laughs> that's, that's him. Man. That's Jax. I, I found this. It's it's Charlie Hunnam. It's supposed to be a comedy. I, but I haven't brought myself to watch it because I know it's not going to be Jax. It's called Frankie Go Boom. It's about, I guess, him as a kid. His brother used to pick on him a lot. So then as an adult, his brother's still doing it or something like that. It's supposed to be a comedy. I, I'm afraid to watch it. Because <laughs> I don't want to spoil my image of Jax. Yeah. Okay, well, for the, for the other uh, Suns cast member, you've got uh, Ron Perlman. Yep. He plays quite the character in this in Pacific Rim as well. And when he was on screen, I went, "That's not Clay. That's the character." So, is yeah. it level of actor? I don't know because, like I said, I think it's because I see Charlie Hum. I saw him first as Jax, and that's all you've seen. Of that's him. all I've seen of him. So when he's doing other things, I'm going. Okay, that's Jack's playing this guy. But See, Perlman we've it. seen for years. Yeah. But that's just it. When Perlman takes a role, he's not Clay anymore. No. You know? He's, when he's Hellboy, he's Hellboy. Mm-hmm. When he is in Alien Resurrection, you know, he's the mercenary dick. Yeah. In you know? Blade, he's the, the vampire super soldier. Yeah. yeah. He, you never confuse him. Beast. Beauty and the Beast in the 80s. Oh, yeah. yeah that's right, too. Yeah, yeah. One of his breakout oh. roles. There was a San Diego Comic Con happened last weekend. It's on right now. It's just I mean, happened in, <laughs> on, the anyway, on the weekend. On the weekend, there there was um, Mike Mignola and uh, Perlman got together, and they said it might be time for Hellboy Three. Please, please do it. Yes, that's what I said too. Said, we know oh. we know he's not afraid to put the makeup no. on because apparently maybe once or twice a year he puts it on for charity. He goes and visits sick kids and whatever. Yep. So we, he's not afraid of the makeup. Nope. <laughs> nope. That would be cool. 
Yeah, I'm kind of, you said I heard that and went, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Because honestly, I, I collected comics like a madman, and that was one series I never ever got into, not for lack of liking it, but just never getting into it. Yeah. And I thoroughly love those two movies. Well, they're um, the Hellboy animated movies. If you've ever got a chance to, I think it was, uh, Blood and Steel is one of them. Yeah, and uh, what's something, Sword of Storms? Sword of Storms, yeah. That those are fantastic uh, animated versions of uh, Hellboy. No. They just they just flesh out the the uh, universe a little bit more. Is that Ron Perlman still acting out the? No. Okay. What? Oh, turned out. Oh, that's a case of beer. Yeah. <laughs> Incidentally, it's about the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what else? Um, well. Back to what we were talking about, the only release, Wolverine. Wolverine, yeah. <laughs> but the, um, yeah, looking forward to Wolverine. There's more trailers out. Um, I did see the trailer, speaking of movies coming out in the near future, Kick-Ass 2. Yes. I'm, I saw the, the, the latest, it was, it was an extended Red Band trailer for Kick-Ass 2. And this has got me excited because, I said, Hit Girl is... She's awesome. I loved Hit Girl in the first one, and she just continues on being Hit Girl. I find it funny, though, that Jim Carrey is bad-mouthing the movie. I know. That blows my mind. He was all, he was all for it when they paid him, and now that, it, now that it's done, he's afraid, he's ashamed to be a part of it. I hope it blows up in theaters, and he's going to be stuck with it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Listen, I never heard anything what Carrie was saying about it. Like, he was just like, like, why why would you put yourself in a movie and then shit talk it like that? Yeah. Well, that's, it's, oh, it's so violent. It's such a violent movie. I'm sorry, did you not see the first one? I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, think it was, I think it was more the vigilanteism. He wasn't, it wasn't wet. And... Look, you read the script. You, yeah, you had the choice. I'm, I'm fairly certain he's got PAs that'll. All he has to do is say, "Has anybody seen this first movie?" I bet you there's people who go, "Yeah." Was it violent? Yeah. <laughs> yep. I I realize he never really mind. did like a violent violent type movies before or much, anyways. But we're talking about a guy who broke into movies by talking with his ass. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is his credibility yeah. really there for him to judge? No. No. <laughs> Is it he? But like I said, even in the trailer, it has him with a baseball bat in his hand, bashing people and sicking a dog and making yeah. a dog bite a guy's balls. So he said he knew what he was getting into. Oh yeah. To badmouth it like that just baffles me. Yeah, I don't understand it. No. But that's oh. Anybody see anything good this week? Honestly, I'm going to come back to that. You're going to come back to that? Yeah. All right. I watched a classic. What you watch? Slapshot. Slapshot. There you go. Was it the original? The original. boy. The original. It has right. to be the original. Yes. Yeah. Well, okay. I think that might be a, uh, a good topic for the, the movie Madhouse Facebook page. It said your favorite sports The only movie. problem I have with that is when you say favorite sports movie... There's too many to choose from, at least for me. <laughs> but if you limit it to favorite baseball, favorite uh, football, no, favorite, no, no, uh, this is a very subjective oh. it, because it opens the door for guys like Scammerhorn to <laughs> bust my balls. <laughs> you know what? I'll throw mine out right now. My personal favorite sports movie is still Major League, the original. 
you know what? I just watched that last week too. Which I'm one? On a classic Major League sports clip. Tom Barron's yeah. Charlie Sheen. Yeah, that was fun. Wesley Wild Snipes. Things. Wesley Snipes in an early role. That, that, yes. I know that was pretty Willie crazy. Willie Mays. That okay. Okay, there's that. Bull Durham. I still like the scene. I put Bull Durham at the top. I love Bull Durham. When he said he goes up there, hit the bull. Mm-hmm. And get a free steak. And he well when he when he bing when he uh tells uh Oh right, oh sorry, hit uh, I thought hit when you hit the no, no, no. no when he pitched it. No, you tick, yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, so, gotta admit Bull Durham is good. <laughs> so I'm I'm hoping it opens up another can of worms. Okay, let's save that topic for next week. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> uh real quick, the one thing we never touched on last week, uh Corey Monteith. Oh, he was found dead in Vancouver. The, yeah, the Star of Glee. Yes. Or one of, you could say. It's it's such an ensemble cast. Oh, yeah. But he was considered to be pretty much the lead star. He was the first thing you saw on the screen when, in the very first episode. He was the first person. Yep. I've never seen an episode of Glee. Okay, you know what? I got sucked into that show by my daughter. I knew she loved the show. And they came out with the Glee movie in 3D. So... Being a good dad, <laughs> I took her to the show. I got and sucked into it, too. Uh, my daughter and my son were big fans. What got me is I heard they were doing a Rocky Horror episode, and I'm a big Rocky Horror fan. I kind of grew yeah. up with that. I, I watched that episode, and it kind of drew my, t- drew my attention. Then my wife got into it, which got me into it. So we came into it second season, halfway through second season, which we've recently caught up all those. So we're now starting to rewatch episodes we've seen. And it did not get me at first. But as it grew, I started to get invested. And it's what it is about the show is that it's it, you think it's in the real world, but certain things that occur in there, no way. No. See, when I was at the theater with her, I'm enjoying the music. The music is the biggest thing in that show. Yes. I love the music, hands down. She starts telling you about the characters because while they're doing these shows, they're live shows that they recorded, they're in character, right? And, well, this is the guy, you know, he's in the wheelchair, and he's a really good singer. He does all the rap. And, oh, and then there's this girl, Mercedes. She's got a phenomenal voice, and, but she likes this guy. And, of course, she's telling me all this stuff. By the end of the concert, like this two-hour movie, it's like, ooh, that does kind of sound good. So I dropped her off. I went home, checked a couple episodes, and I've been stuck ever since. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> but It's not for everyone. Absolutely not for everyone. If you like the... Uh, the music side of it, like, honestly, one of my favorite musicals is Moulin Rouge. Okay. Okay? Nicole Kidman, Hugh McGregor. Because it's a modern musical. It's not Phantom of the Opera where everything's scored for that movie, you know, which... Not that there's anything wrong with those I movies, love Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. But Moulin Rouge takes modern music and puts it in the story. Okay. Yeah, then they blend okay. uh, police and sting kind of music. Oh, there's a whole thing Roxanne's in there. Yeah. Um, there's some stuff from Kiss in there. Like, it, they, t- they pull from everything for that movie, Moulin Rouge. But uh, what they've stated is the production for it's going to be pushed back a month. So it's now going to be premiering at the end of September. Two no, weeks. Sorry. They put the, the premiere of the new season back two weeks. Yeah. They've, uh, because they, they already have the first two episodes written, and they've been building up to it with, uh, I think it's Beatles thing for the first two episodes. Mm-hmm. The third episode will be. And related to his death. They're going to kill off his character in the show. It's, that third episode is going to be all about that. And then I think what you're 
seeing there is they're going on hiatus. No. That they're not going to have one of those morning, oh, boo-hoo movies, or shows. That they're going to be doing everything they can to keep the show upbeat. It's oh. going to be a tribute to. Yeah. But they, the show will be going on hiatus for a brief time after that episode. Yeah, they're, they're speculating. Uh, I read a recent article just today. Oh, yeah? Ryan Murphy, the creator, said they will be going on a short hiatus after the third episode. Which, totally understandable. The interesting thing from it, though, is... Corey Monteith, in real life, outside of the show, was really dating Leah Michelle, the lead actress on the show. She has been the center of everything in to do with his death, the other, like dealing with the press, the, the funeral. She's been controlling it all very professionally for a 26-year-old. She's showing amazing decorum. And see, that's and, what blows my mind, too. I rewatched an episode last night from the season three. It's hard to believe this guy playing a teenager in high school is 30 years old. <laughs> 21 Jump Street. Acting. You know, <laughs> but Ryan Murphy, the creator of the show, actually put it to Leah Michelle. Do you want to continue the show? If she did not felt she could not continue the show without him, it would be done. But she said, no, he wouldn't want that. The show must go on. Okay. Got to keep the checks coming in. Exactly. <laughs> Unfortunately, he had a history of substance yeah. abuse. She kept him. That was uh, the hard part. She, they had an intervention. He'd had a couple stints in rehab. She lost control of him when he came back home to Canada. And that's oh, you wild Canadians! <laughs> <laughs> hey, I resemble that remark. Oh, okay. <laughs> DVD releases. Actually, only two big ones. There is Trance, which is about uh, never heard of it. I've heard of it. I vague recollection of it. I don't know anything. It's basically about a an art heist, and something happens to the main character where he has to go through hypnotherapy to try and remember where all the art is. Oh. <laughs> which is okay. James McAvoy. Yeah, well, on a, on a funny side note, speaking of art heist, I was just reading in the news today that there was a bunch of uh, uh, Picassos were stolen, and uh, to the the police did arrest the man responsible, but to protect her the son, <laughs> the mother of the of the robber burned the art in her oven. What? <laughs> so all these original Pablo Picassos have oh, been burnt and lost. Wow! You know it's probably just publicity for this movie coming out on Tuesday. <laughs> 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 But then we were talking about Double Dipping. The other one that he's coming out in is Welcome to the Punch. I, I, I thought that one was out already because I thought I saw that on the shelf at Walmart. Well, it's here on the coming out this week. Again, I never heard of saw it. that on the shelf at Walmart, but maybe, maybe I'm mistaken. This is basically, and again, I have not seen this, but just from everything I've read, it's a remake sort of of Gone in 60 Seconds. Okay, that story's been told. Yeah. It's <laughs> just a different venue. It's not Car Thief. It's a different kind of thing, but he comes back to protect his brother who's in deep, and it's the perfect time for a cop who's been after him the whole time to try and catch him. Seen it. Yeah. Next. <laughs> well, that's just proof. You know, Hollywood's out of original ideas. When an yeah. original idea pops up, it blows up. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I'll answer your question. Did I watch anything very cool? Well... I, I went back, and I guess the reason I was going to keep it, it doesn't actually apply. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you. Watch Grindhouse. 
Oh, <laughs> okay. I, I watched Grindhouse, not Planet Terror and not Death Proof, but I watched Grindhouse. I watched the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> All the trailers, everything in between. <laughs> I love that movie. Oh, uh, uh, me too. Me too. Yeah. I, I I think I like Death Proof a little bit more than Planet Terror, just because I'm I'm a bigger fan of Tarantino than I am of maybe not Rodriguez, but of the like zombie type thing. And Planet Terror to me has that zombie type feel. Yeah, I'm not against the zombie thing. I'm a, I'm a fan of it, but I'm more of a fan of Tarantino and his style. I'm more of a fan of Fergie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, well, I speaking of Tarantino, they said I was at the local electronics uh, shop, big box store here, and um, I was walking through looking for uh, movies, and they have a box set of Tarantino, all all of his movies in one box, and I and I picked it up. I thought if I knew. I would not get murdered as soon as I step foot back in the house with this. I would buy it. And I said, I love you, but I got to put you back. And it was, I don't like, this is cool. Speaking of box sets, going back to your franchise, they have the, the James Bond box set there. And I'm not dropping two bills for the James Bond box set. Like as, as pretty as it was, that ain't going to happen. I, I, I tried to convince my wife to let me buy. We went to Costco. This was actually about a month ago. Um, they had the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 1 set. Mm-hmm. It comes in the suitcase. And they had that? I they had they canceled that. They, no, it's in the suitcase. They they changed something else. Because yeah. were, that was supposed to come out. Like that's right. There was because a, a snafu about the case, but they there, didn't own because the it was it was a copyright infringement deal with the case, and somebody sued somebody. And Marvel goes, "Screw it, it's not going out." Then maybe they, they changed it. Maybe it's it not just a standard case. It's not the company. Like, oh. but it lights up. It but lights does, up does it have the Tesseract in it? Yeah, it lights up with like looks uh-huh. like a little glowy thing in the middle. As far as I know, everything about that set is exactly the same, except it's not in the case from the movie. It's in just a standardized it's a, a case. different oh, looking, but okay. similar. But not this, not yeah, exactly. When I saw when I saw that in the ad, I went, "I'm buying two of those." I, I put that. I had it in the cart. She made me put it back. <laughs> She's so uh, mean. No kidding. Bond twenty four is in the works. Really, really. Sam Mendes is coming back to direct it again. Daniel Craig is still signed to do what? Two more. Uh, to my knowledge, two more. And then they're look. They're already starting they're to look up. for a new one. Because I heard that one of the front runners they're looking at right away was um, I can never remember his name. Russell but, Brand. No, but he is he a British. He is a British actor, but uh, he's a, a colored guy. He's on a TV show called Luther. Uh, it's a it's a British show, so there's only like you know twelve episodes per season. I can I never remember his name, but he's been around. You've seen him. With, why can I not remember his name? But I heard he was a front runner. Huh? In different spin. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, what, what did I watch this week? Oh, okay. I watched uh, Evil Dead, the remake of Evil Dead. And like I said, I think you sold me on that one. And that was a fantastic remake. I love it. Was, there's really creepy scenes in there. It was, oh, yeah. there it, was, it was really well done. And you said the end credit thing, I got a good chuckle out of that after watching that. Then I watched the one that you recommended, Bullet to the Head. I like that one. It was a fun action. It, it was. It was. It was a good. 
It was a buddy movie, but they said it wasn't a buddy cop movie. It was Stone plays a hitman, and they said it, you got a, a cop from... But he's playing with the age. I yes. like that he's using the age as almost like a prop. Yes, and it, it worked. It definitely worked. Uh, Jason Momoa is just such a badass when it, I said, watch him. The the one the, the end fight scene. I I was watching it at work, and um, I, I actually laughed out loud at the end fight scene when Jason Momoa throws the axes down on the ground, and Stallone looks at him and goes, "What are we fucking Vikings?" <laughs> That's in the trailer. That's not even a spoiler. Oh, That's but in yeah, the trailer. Listen, I, I, laugh, I, I laughed out loud, and the guys that I work with looked at me like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> but that I liked it. It was it was a fun fun action movie. I would go see that one, and then uh, what else did I? See? I, I, I rewatched uh, the Batman: The Dark Knight Returns animated films. Yes, so great. Best Batman movies I think we've ever seen. Absolutely. Yeah, it's animated, so you can argue best movie, but I, I just, it's so well done. I still think there, there, you still, just because the guy's not live action on the screen, what he does with his voice acting to get across the act, like the emotion of the, the, the scene just purely through voice. Oh, and the way he it, laments about Robin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that was Peter Weller played Batman. Yep. And said, that that guy's got a perfect voice for a grizzled Batman like see, that. Well, yeah. See, a lot of people, when it was for, when they first heard about it, they were like, why not Kevin Conroy? They needed that older. Something new. They needed older. Yep. Yeah. Some, some dude that's gargled glass and <laughs> yeah, shot I, in the throat in RoboCop. Absolutely, I mean, yeah. <laughs> when it comes to voice acting, it's surprising how much you have to get into a role like, if you watch some of the behind-the-scenes footage on them recording, they're more animated recording their voices than they would be if they were doing it live. Yeah. One of the best examples I've seen of that, and I think it was because they did it differently at the time, is uh, Road to El Dorado. Okay. It's Kenneth Branagh and Kevin Kline as the two main characters. Oh, yeah. I, you know what? I just saw that on TV not long ago. That movie is phenomenal. It is really good. It's got Rosie Perez in it, as well as Armando Sante. Like... It's basically about two people in 16th century Spain trying to find El Dorado, right? Okay. The city of gold. And what they did different is when they were recording their voices, most people are in a booth by themselves recording their voices. Kenneth Braun and Kevin Klein, they were in a studio together. Oh, they played off each other. Yes. There's nice. a scene in the movie where they actually are sword fighting each other. So in the studio, they've got the swords out and they're, they're going <laughs> on. Most of that stuff in that scene is ad-libbed. As they're going, you know, and it's it's unreal how much better it plays because they did it that well, way. Didn't Depp do that for Rango? Yes, I think they put motion capture on Depp. I think I remember watching something. I never saw that one. I didn't see it either, but I, oh, I do remember Rango is good. Yeah, seeing yeah, seeing yeah, some I, things. I, yeah. I know it was it did pretty well and whatnot, but again, I don't see a lot of kids movies. My kids are kind of past see, that, and I would kind of border this one on not quite a kid's movie because the language is a bit severe in this one. You know? Really? Yeah. Well, for right. an animated right. movie, yep. <laughs> especially near the end when they get Jake the snake, you know, there's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you serious. Yep. It's a rattlesnake and his tail is the Gatling gun. You know, the rattles spin. Oh, oh, very cool. Well, uh, the classic wrestling fan in me has to go see that. Yeah. <laughs> 
But now, back to Tarantino for a quick second. We were talking about that box set. Yes. Let's just throw this out, too, while we got it. What's your favorite Tarantino movie? Oh, that, oh. <laughs> that, man, that's a tough one. Um, See, think for a second. I'm going to throw mine out just because he wrote it, but he didn't direct it. It was actually directed by Tony Scott. Is True Romance. The most I, underrated Tarantino movie. I love that. That was my first introduction to Tarantino. That True Romance. Such a fantastic movie. It bombed at the box office, and it's purely by the name. This shows you how important a name is in the theater. Yeah. Nobody wanted to see a movie called True Romance. Yeah. I like this. You look at this cast. It's got Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette. Uh, James Gandolfini. James Gandolfini's in it. Brad Pitt. Yeah. Um, Dal Kilmer's in it. Bronson Pinchot, Christopher Walken, Dennis Hopper. Uh, there's probably a couple more. I'm not thinking. Oh, Chris Penn. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that movie, I, I know I liked it. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen it. I've seen, I have that mem- that memory of that movie as being one of the most violent movies yes. I think I'd ever seen at the time. But Gary it, Oldman. Gary right. Oldman, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. man is amazing because we're talking about Charlie Hunnam and, yep. you know, this man, you can't even tell it's him when no. he gets a role. Look no, he reinvents himself. Oh, yeah, Drexel. Yeah. He's got the dreadlocks, the one eyes all white. Oh, man. And now, a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18. But with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, badder, better. Sign up and become a member to receive 10 to 50% off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt, or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger, badder, better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart. Or find us on Facebook for extra savings.
Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra $10, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jazelmon.com. Speaking of Dennis Hopper, another movie I was talking about that I saw, I watched, rewatched Blue Velvet. Good movie. Oh, <laughs> I've never, ever, ever seen I had all. I had watched that a long time ago, and I had forgotten about it. And I was like, okay, I need, I wanted to watch something. I remember Kevin Smith talking about, uh, I watched, rewatched Clerks, and he's talking about the one scene where Jason Mewes, Apes the uh, the the line uh, from Hopper it says from Blue Velvet. And I went, oh yeah, okay. I'm gonna try and refresh my memory from here. So I rented Blue Velvet, and, and that just blew me back in my seat. And went, oh yeah, yeah. That David Lynch, that dude's oh, just he's. I know. Up. <laughs> when I was at university, I was taking film there, and we had to do papers on on movies. We got I got stuff with two. I got Blue Velvet and The Naked Lunch. Okay. Both of those movies. The Naked Where? Lunch made my brain hurt. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was a little too young, I think, to see that movie when it came out, but it, I way. caught all the hype off TV and everything, and like the video store clerks talking about it, so I managed to get my hands on it, and yeah, I was... It, just <laughs> thinking about it's making my head hurt. It's a very interesting watch. You want to see a bizarre movie, that's yeah. one. Okay, back to my favorite Tarantino. Yes. I want to say Django Unchained, but I'm going to have to go with Reservoir Dogs. Okay. And me, I, I, I hate this whole favorite thing because I can never pick one. It's a very close race for me between Pulp Fiction and Kill Bill. Okay. Well, don't, yeah, don't look at it as his favorite. So you got the box set sitting in front of you. What Which are you one watch? are you watching first? Probably Kill Bill. There you go. One or two. It's one movie to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. I can see that. Yeah. But it's one movie to me. Yeah, but is but you can only put one disc in your uh, Blu-ray player well, at once. Then I'll start with one. Well, there you go. Okay. Kill Bill one. Yeah, well, start in the middle. Right? <laughs> yeah. Star Wars Episode Four. Who would do something like that? Oh, shh. <laughs> He's <Yeah>. listening <laughs> with his billions of dollars yeah, on his private. Can't find. <gasps> yeah. Well, see, there it goes. <laughs> Force choke from beyond. Yeah. Um, I watched Argo as well. Kind of behind the curve on that one, but I, yes. finally, I finally did get a chance to watch Argo, and I really enjoyed it. Oh, it won Oscar for yes. a reason. Like, the Honestly. acting in this, okay, again, like, he, Affleck poached a lot of Kevin Smith's, uh, Melissa Leo and all, like, to make that. It was strong acting all the way around. Like I said, you got into it, you got into the story, and it just rolled. And you, by the time it was done, you went, you're standing going, yay, everybody goes home happy. The only complaint I ever heard about that movie, and 
it's one I don't agree with is the fact that they didn't portray it accurately. And of course, this is coming from the Canadian side. You know, they say, well, Canada was involved in this so big and it's not shown in the movie. And it's like, well, it's an American movie. Yeah. They're highlighting the American portion. Absolutely. You know? Like, it, that you really... watch any World War II movie from the United States. Where's the Canadian? Yeah. 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 We were just as strong as they were. In yes. But that's yeah. what they're focused on. So I, you can't fault them for that. I, I'm just uh, behind the curtains. I don't know what you want to call it here. I want to point out, okay, you get on Rob a boat smacking the table, right? <laughs> and Which you haven't done yet. I know. So, I've been trying so far, really, so good. really hard. Keep it on. I thought I would be one to be referencing Kevin a lot. <laughs> and I haven't done it. You've rested, referenced them twice. Get out. <laughs> We're back to two on the show. <laughs> well, oh yeah. Since somebody you mentioned Argo, somebody had uh, had the bright idea of running a an email contest. Uh, who might that have been? I don't know. Probably Jason because he's the new guy. Yeah, yeah come and mess everything <laughs> up. I know. So. I just know it was making me sad. I would look at the email and, you know, well, bummer. So it's like, well, let's get this email thing cracking and have a contest. Yep. So I know I'm going to go in the vault for just a second here and get the names out. I'm sure this sounds really cool. Careful. that The light doesn't work back there. It doesn't. That, that last step. Careful. It's <laughs> loose. No, no. Why is it soft in here? <laughs> there, I won't touch that. Okay. Hey, <laughs> welcome back. Yes. I have got someone to shoot. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, we won't talk about that. No. <laughs> I have the names here in front of me. What we're going to do, because we had six people answer correctly. Yes. Okay. And they're in a list. So what we're going to do is we'll roll a die. Yep. So let me get, get the electronic die. Oh, that's not it. And here wow, we go. She's got All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what we're going to do, we've got our six... Randomly laid out, yep. scientifically proven to be totally random, and the winner is number one. Number one, Christina. Christina Graber? Graber. Hey, there we go. Congratulations. Congratulations. I'm glad I didn't say grabber. <laughs> <laughs> now, you should probably you know, so, explain what exactly was the contest. The contest was what two movies shared the same quote. There's a lot of people who do not know how to read instructions. I know why. (laughs) (laughs) But the quote was, that was no boating accident. Right. And the answer was Jaws, obviously. Yeah. And Stakeout. By what actor? Well, in the original, it was said by Richard Dreyfuss. Yes. Richard Dreyfuss said it to, uh, oh my God, what was his name? Roy Scheider? Roy Scheider. Scheider. There we go. (laughs) I was thinking Jim something. No, that's not it. <laughs> he said it to Roy Scheider, the, the, the sheriff, said, uh, no, this person that was not a boating accident. Yep. In the movie The Stakeout, Emilio Estevez and Richard Dreyfuss are cops. And while they're on stakeouts, they play the movie game by throwing mm-hmm. out quotes and the other person has to guess. So Emilio Estevez throws out the quote, that was no boating accident, to which Richard Dreyfuss cannot answer. He has no idea what that was. <laughs> So, so it's kind of a trick question. Yes, it was. But it yeah. kind of wasn't. It was. So what did Christina win? Christina won herself a Blu-ray copy of Argo. Hey, look yeah. at that. So, oh, wait. Blu-ray, DVD, and Ultraviolet. Oh. What the heck yes. is Ultraviolet? I have no idea. Uh, it's the cloud. Digital, digital download. The cloud. Yes. Yeah. So on any media system, you can pull it up, stream it live. So we've got 
every one of her movie going systems covered with this uh nice this particular uh brand of medium right here yes. so uh Christina, if you can email Rob again with your uh mailing details and we'll we can get this out to you right away absolutely. Oh, I almost tapped the table. You did tap <laughs> yeah. the table. Only I, don't, I, but I'll be honest, I think you bumped the table a little bit louder. It's my house. <laughs> <laughs> now, and I also know one other person wrote in. Um, we mentioned something in one of the podcasts about remakes. And yes. uh, I re-mentioned doing more talking about remakes. I had no idea. That there were as many remakes out there as there actually is. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. I think we somebody said it earlier. There's no new ideas in Hollywood. Everything oh, yeah. is being remade. Yep. Like I think, say Tarantino. You thought I was going to say Smith. Uh, <laughs> Tarantino is probably one of the few original uh, movie makers out there. Um, but Kevin is original. Come on now. Uh, I, it wasn't me this time. He is original. He is. Like, oh, okay. You, nobody, nobody's made films like either one of those guys. Um, their, their movies do stand out alone. Yeah. Like, uh, they said, with Pacific Rim, Guillermo del Toro, that guy can pump out a new, a new idea like nobody's business. And visually, his movies. Stand oh, out. It's, it's, it's stunning. Nobody's making a movie that has his art style. No. Hellboy. And, the Hellboy movies, Pac Rim. Uh, Pan's, Pan's Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Oh, just fantastic. Like, just, it's... And didn't he do a, a horror movie? Um, Mama? Was that Tiffany uh, Del Toro? I can't remember. You know what? I'm not sure. I, I want to say head. that was a Guillermo Del Toro flight. Came okay. out, I think, about six months ago. Roughly. Roughly? Mama. Oh, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, because I actually wanted to see that one really bad. Okay. Um, well, I said, well, Robert looks like, looks that up. Is it the, uh, so the visually, like for, for Pac Rim, uh, it was probably, there, there was a lot going on on that screen. Even the quiet scenes, there was a lot of stuff. Like it was visually engaging. Everything, every time there was something like, it wasn't so much all the action stuff, but like some of the exposition stuff, there's always some really good looking scenery involved in that. So again, it's a del Toro, del Toro, Guillermo del Toro. Del Toro. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking Benicio del Toro. <laughs> anyway, it was, go see it. It said it was visually stunning. You'll really enjoy uh pack room. I did. Uh, I, it's on my list. I, uh, as I said before, I don't get out much. I don't get okay. to the theater as often as I'd like. One of the things that you brought up last week, you we were talking about uh, alphas. Yes. I tried to watch that. Emphasis on tried. Not your thing? Not my thing. I find a good portion of those characters annoying as all hell. Hmm. I just, I, like I said... I just went, no. I, I tried to watch it. I gave it the good good old college try. I just couldn't do it. I'm, see, I've been curious about it, but I've watched too many shows. I'm behind on things. Dexter. I I, I'm, I haven't started watching the new episodes of Dexter. I, they're sitting. They're at my house. They're waving to me. And 
I haven't brought myself to watch him. I've been keeping up on True Blood. See, but I haven't watched Dexter. I've been biting my tongue on Dexter for three three weeks now. But, <laughs> and I, but I have to get through Dexter because when Dexter ends, pretty much is when Breaking Bad starts up. And then when it's done, it's done too. So two great series are coming to an end with that. Mm-hmm. Sucks. <laughs> but Dexter, oh my gosh. They're both going to wrap up, I think, in big ways. Well, this one, now it's gone right back to the beginning. Oh boy. I mean... And it's not one of those, oh, yeah, they had to try and put it, you know, circle their fancy stuff. No, this makes perfect sense. What hmm. they're doing is cool. just the way they do it. Yeah. It's it's not going to be a huge spoiler because it happens at the end of the very first episode. They're investigating a murder, okay? If they find a body, and the back half of the skull is cut off. Like, the guy's laying there, they go to move him, and it rocks out, and there's a small piece of the brain scooped out. So this lady comes in who's an expert on psychopaths. Right? She's been studying him for like 30 years, 40 years, something like that. So she comes in to help Miami Metro. Well, Deb and Dexter are going through things right now because of the way the series has laid things out for them. And he's sitting on a bench at the end of the episode, and she comes up to him. And uh, he goes, look, I'm really not in the mood to talk to you. And she goes, fine, I'll just hand you this, and I'll walk away. Gives him an envelope, which he opens up, and it's kids' drawings, all signed by him. <laughs> so of course he goes after throws her against the wall he goes what do you want with me she goes you won't kill me it goes against Harry's code Oops. and he's like what and of course that's when the first episode ends <laughs> whoa okay whoa like I said no big spoilers there because uh, that's the very end of the first I'm episode I'm not getting any sleep today <laughs> I gotta watch uh, those three now actually I think the fourth episode tonight is fourth is tonight yeah uh, I'll be watching uh, them all tonight um <laughs> For uh, Mr. Del Toro, not no. Well, I could have swore I saw his, his first big one it. here in America was Mimic. Okay, oh. and okay. that's about uh, some kind of genetic creature that attacks all these people. Oh, yeah. okay, I remember that. Yeah, I remember video. that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, did yeah. Blade Two, Hellboy, Pan's mm-hmm. Labyrinth. I didn't know he did Blade Two. Oh yeah, wow. uh, Hellboy Two, Pacific Rim, and in pre-production right now. My God. Hellboy 3 is, sorry, it says rumored, and then it says announced. Yeah. Oh, we may as well start talking about some of the movies that, like, from the San Diego Comic-Con that have been talked about. Well, that's interesting here, because this shows The Incredible Hulk TV series, 2014. What? Yep. He is directing episode 1.1. Well, no. Guillermo Toro was connected to Mama. He was the executive Executive producer. producer. There we go. I knew I saw his name attached to it. <laughs> wow. Hulk, Hulk movie. Hulk TV, TV show. show. Well, okay. They've got the Hulk TV show. And they also have uh, Shield. Phil Coulson yes. is back as a Shield. Which well, wins an argument I've had with a few of my friends. is Because, damn it, I knew he was alive. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is pre-event. No, it's not. It's got to be. It's not. No? No, it's not. See, I was told it is. I And I read articles that says otherwise. Well, the head of ABC flat out said it's not a prequel. Well, I guess uh, we'll find out for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was a character I liked. I Phil Coulson, is, is, he's the grounding force in the Avengers, in all of the Marvel Universe. Well, all of those me, particular films? Put my argument out there that he's alive while he did die. 
what we saw, if you look, the med techs were right behind him and given all the technology shields has at their disposal, there's no way they could not revive him. You know what? And the fact that, why did he, the car, sir, those, those cards weren't on his person, they were in his locker. That's right. Yeah. Nick Fury flies Why back. did he need the cards? Nah. I, nah. Okay, A, I will back you and I will not back you. I will back you in the fact that oh, this is the Marvel Universe. Nobody ever Never stays dies, dead, yes. Okay? Okay, that's you know, true. It could be a clone of his brother's uncle's cousin's nephew, best friend, dog. But yeah. <laughs> he'll be back. Yeah, that's true. And then I would say no, because of the fact Nick Fury took those cards and used them to manipulate the Avengers into working together. Oh, a spy manipulated superheroes? Did you see Coulson's fascination with Captain America? Absolutely. Nick Fury goes to put blood on those, he would come on freaking glue. I would say Coulson <laughs> Coulson's let him do it. Because they needed the push. No. Coulson wanted them to work. Coulson was the only one he's, who believed they would work. He's not going to let his mint Captain America cards <laughs> get coated in blood just to motivate Captain America. You, you know what? We'll find out. We'll find out. I think it's in September. Somebody tried to tell me that it premieres this week. No. No. Not I'm thinking maybe, there, maybe there's it's a, not like gonna a teaser be a thing or something on TV, but right. no, oh, it's September. All, right. all I know is of all those Marvel movies and the mini one-shots... My favorite is still some, uh, a funny thing happened on the way to Thor's hammer. Uh, have you ever seen it? Yes. No. Oh, I can't remember which movie it's on. It's a Marvel one shot in the extras, but it's him in a pumping gas. He goes into the variety store and the store is being held up. It's priceless. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, another I, another announcement from San Diego Comic-Con. Batman is going to be in the next Superman movie. So... Yeah. The bat is going to save the Kryptonian. Yeah. Well, that was announced. That, if anything can do it, that can do it. You know, so there's still no confirmation one way or the other if it's going to be Christian Bale. I don't see it being Bale. I say it's not out of the realm of possibility, honestly. Yeah. Uh, hey, Christian, here's a truckload of money. Well, they're, they're going to do that anyways. <laughs> they, said, they said, please, Mr. Bale, one more time, can you put the cape on? It'll cost them. It's going to cost somebody a whole lot of money. It. They're going to get that money back. Well, I, I think it'll work. I think it will work. If if it's Christian Bale, it'll most definitely work. If they can't land Bale, it's jumping the shark big time. Yeah, they're just doing it for the publicity. Yeah, trying to trying to recoup. Trying to, they they killed the Superman franchise the first time out of the gate. I really, I seriously think that because, okay, spoilers. If you haven't seen Superman yet, what are you doing? Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> he beat all the people that could possibly beat him in the first movie. And see, that's that stresses the point that I made before. It, you can't. No, there's reflect. other Superman villains that they can always tap. Who? Doomsday. Oh, they're not going to do Doomsday. He's not nearly popular enough. I beg to differ. I don't. I, Doomsday, Brainiac. Okay. Okay. They did tease LexCorp. If you look throughout the movie, you can see a couple LexCorp uh, nods. And that's the one thing I felt we should have at least seen a Lex Luthor. Yeah. I, it felt, it, it felt uh, that that was one small thing. I, I just wanted to at least just see him. Just but a little I bit. They had so much to shoehorn into that movie. You look at this movie, he has just beaten up a Kryptonian, which is, he is the most powerful person on the planet, and he's beaten up another of the most powerful people on the planet. And now the bad guy is Tim from down the street, Lex Luthor. Just a guy with a brain. 
it, it, it stretches the, the realm of... Uh, yeah, but they've stretched that realm in the comics and it's worked. Because what is Batman? Batman is a guy with a brain and he beat Superman. You're not gonna Okay. Batman is oh, <sighs> trying to think of Lex Luthor and Batman cannot be mentioned in the same breath because Batman is such a singular entity. Lex Luthor okay, Batman in and of himself has beaten Superman. Mm-hmm. Luthor has to get suits and all this other stuff like this. Batman did it with a suit. Oh, okay. If you're looking, if you're looking suit. back at the Dark Knight Returns, okay, he hooked himself into the power grid of Gotham <laughs> and he punched out Superman for about two minutes. But Luthor, all his technology and stuff like that, still hasn't been able to beat. Superman. Well, that's just the villain can't win thing. Wow. Why do I feel like I'm on an episode of Big Bang? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I'm having that feeling yep. right now. Another announcement. <laughs> Another announcement from San Diego Comic Con. Oh, Joe. Just before you do it, Agents of Shield premieres September 24th. Oh, all right. There I think I've got that bookmarked already. <laughs> yeah. So we got Joss Whedon crashed somebody's. Uh, panel discussion. And he announced the next Avengers movie, The Age of Ultron. So we're going to get Hank Pym. We're going to get Ultron robots. Well, see, Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyke are supposed to be, or Van Dyne. Van Dyne, yeah. <laughs> they're supposed to be premiering in some of the other Marvel movies coming Well, out. they're supposed to be a, a, a separate Ant-Man movie. That's what I heard. I but, heard... Or Giant Man, whichever direction they were going to go with yeah. him. But I think uh, this one's supposed to be called the Irredeemable Ant-Man. This is a different guy, not Hank Pym. Oh, okay. He's like somebody in the comic books stole the Ant-Man. The Pym particles. Armor or whatever, whatever, whatever the Pym yeah. particles or whatever. So this is a totally separate thing. I'm kind of looking forward to that. It's going to be a good comedy. Nah. Ant-Man stuff. I don't know. Oh, dude, Tom, I that. I, I'm a giant mark for my Marvel stuff. So <laughs> well, you know. I, I'm, I'm a big fan yeah. too. And like, uh, there's an animated uh, the next Avengers Heroes of Tomorrow with the Avengers kids having yes. to play Ultron, and I really get a kick out of that movie. Yeah. Okay. I I've seen that on Netflix, but I haven't watched it yet. I got but. a kick out of it. It's got some. It's got some silliness, but it had some really neat concepts yeah. about how their children could be, and well, and it's got some really good humor. When, with because uh, they have to get Hulk on, to, to come out yeah. of hiding, and there's a really funny bit in the big climax fight with Pim's kid, <laughs> him having to get Hulk I, into I, the fight. The 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 comic book animated stuff is, is is a good way to keep everything going. Like I'm a big fan of the, the Avengers animated movies. Um, I think some of the Superman animated stuff is. Light years beyond what was put out, which is which is interesting thing to, to look at. Um, you look at the movies, the actual live action movies. Marvel's blowing it up in the, the in box office. Yes, DC's kind of faltering, but in the animated features, DC's knocking it out of the park, yeah. and Marvel's been slower and kind of faltering. Yeah. Well, I speaking of the DC, I watched uh, Superman Unbound. The animated one. I haven't watched that one yet. Fantastic. It, 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 it's, it's, it's on uh, 
Superman versus Brainiac. Yeah. I've got a copy of it. It is Brainiac? Yeah. Okay. And isn't Supergirl in that one too? Yes. Okay. Got it. Basically, it's um, Supergirl is... They don't introduce Supergirl, but she's new to Earth. So she's in the awkward transition phase where she's kind of learning her powers and trying to find out where she fits into uh, the, the grand scheme of things. That's On that whole, blows my mind, Superman, the last son of Krypton, except for <laughs> my cousin, cousin. His cousin and the dog and <laughs> the, the bottled city of Kandor. <laughs> You know, you get these odd people that were just floating on asteroids around, you know. <laughs> that, that, made, that reminded me. I watched another movie I watched this week, Hancock. Oh, And yeah. I got a kick how they ripped on him because, he, you know, he destroys buildings and everything and gets in his way. Man of Steel. Yeah, well, he oh. leveled, leveled half of Metropolis in that final half fight. Half of Metropolis? I think I, he leveled almost all of Metropolis. But see, and that goes right back to the point, what can you do after that? Is he going to be remorseful in the next movie? I would hope About so. all the damage he Well, did. he didn't seem very remorseful at the very end of The Man of Steel when he's throwing, uh, knocking uh, drones out of the sky yeah, right. and throwing them at the, the generals. $20 million dollar military yeah. hardware. Uh, stop trying to follow me. Oh, stop breaking all the stuff. <laughs> they said he, you leveled a major metropol- metropolitan town and killed countless thousands of humans, saving them. <laughs> like, he... How many people did he kill? I said, we just, my boys are watching the Avengers today. And it was funny because the scene where the Hulk crashes through the barn. And the first thing he says when he wakes up, did I hurt anybody? No, but you scared some cows. Yeah. So at least, at least he was he concerned. Asked, yeah. He like, there's the human heart of Marvel versus the godlike DCs. They were worried about getting the people out of the battle zone and, you know... Cap run in, run in to save those people that were trapped in that one building. Yeah. And well, I said they, they made a point of showing Captain America getting to the police and giving them directions. Get these people out of here. Get them off the streets. Why should we listen to you? Wham! Crash! Bam! Yeah. <laughs> All right. Get them this way and that yeah. way. All right. You said the, the guy in the, the spangly suit just face punched some robot alien, and I'm going to start listening to him. The only big character I see in the DC universe like that is the Batman from the Batman movie. Yes. You know, he is concerned about the people. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And that was right. the neat thing with that Dark Knight Returns is he's building an army to protect his city. Mm-hmm. You know. And, yeah. yeah. So, wow. Oh, another record breaker, boys. <laughs> just get a little longer every time. We I know. Go. All right. So, I think we should probably wrap this up for uh, another <laughs> week. What I'd like to do for next week is see if... People can't write in about their favorite uh, remakes. Yeah. Okay. Get some remake stories coming up, and uh, I know I'm going to post a few on that I like. Okay. Some I'll, that I didn't I'll be able to dig up a few. Some did you, you, did you see realize. my comment, though? When I put The comment I put in there about remakes? I said, does White House Down count as a remake <laughs> to Olympus Has Fallen? <laughs> I, I guess you didn't see the comment I made to your comment then. I don't think I did. Nobody said they had to be good. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, plugs and whatnot. So we'll start with JX3. Yes, the filming that was supposed to begin last weekend on the new movie was stopped. Uh, One of the characters had a little family crisis, so we had to cancel filming that day. But uh, it was supposed to start again on Saturday. And we got a hurricane ripping through here on Saturday, pretty much. Friday night. And we were up till 3 in the morning doing production meeting, going, are we going to even do this? So it had to be canceled. 
Yeah. But Sunday morning, 8 a.m., everybody was out filming. We got the first bit in the can on a Wilderness Adventure now. They did some filming out in uh, Paxton's Bush and then spent the rest of the afternoon out at the Blenheim Pool. Oh, cool. Excellent. So, yeah. Now, you say every, everyone was ready to go. From what I hear, there was a few people missing and they ran into a little bit of... Well, there was some glitches. <laughs> yes. People that were on the, the payroll that did not show up. <laughs> so, yeah. So, basically, you're not looking for staff. I am accepting resumes. <laughs> yes. But now that is, that's officially started now. So... Cool. You're going to see them out and about in Kent County and Chatham, Kent. I guess it's now called not Kent County. Holy crap. Dated myself. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, out about Chatham, Kent. We'll be filming all over the place for this movie. Oh, cool. All right. You got anything going on? Nope. Oh. He has no life. I, exactly. I have no life. <laughs> you need to come up with a hobby that's interesting for people to listen to you talk about. Movies. Okay, yeah, right. <laughs> we can't really criticize. No, him. no, no. He, he's got us there. Okay. I, 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 I go to my job, my, my, and I come home. You know, I deal with my kids a little bit here and there. I watch movies, TV shows, whatever. That's what I do right now. All right. Well, I know. I'm going to issue a challenge to the three of us. Uh-oh. Save your scene points. We're okay. going to take a trip to London. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To go to the oh. VIP theater. Okay. I actually, I think today was just enough to put me over the top for my next free movie. See? I think I'm pretty much there myself. For those that don't know, first for the scene point part, if you have a thousand scene points, it gets you a ticket. Regular ticket, 3D ticket, VIP ticket, doesn't matter, it gets you a ticket. VIP theater tickets are $17.50. Because they are licensed for drinking, which means 19 and older only in these theaters. So you won't have that five-year-old screaming in the back corner. You won't have that 13-year-old throwing popcorn everywhere. That's right. Or talking, or texting, or... Exactly. Not to mention the seats are amazing. That's And the waitress people coming to your seat to take your order on... They got seat-side service? They have seat-side service. Oh, I'm looking forward to this. Stadium seating, so you choose where you're going to sit when you buy your tickets. Really? Yes. All right, I'm in. Okay, yeah. All for a thousand <laughs> So now we just got to decide what we're going to go see. It won't matter. It'll be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. well, yeah, all right, I'm down. I'm in. All right. But back to plugs. Back you to plugs. have pl- anything for... Uh, uh, July 28th in... Oh, speaking of which, July 28th is a Sunday, so we're going to have to think of another... Pro- there, there's an issue we can talk about off. Anyway, yes, conflict. Yes. Okay. Uh, July 28th, Hamilton, um, the Ukrainian Cultural Center on Collinsworth. Uh, GWN presents Heat Wave. Uh, the next show there. Um, good old fashioned wrestling. Good old fashioned wrestling. Uh, back to the home base. That's our, basically um, where GWN started was in Hamilton, and said the Ukrainian Cultural Center is basically. Quickly became our new home. It was our, our base of operations, uh, our bat cave, if you will. <laughs> and it said we've got a, another big show coming up. Um, it's a one o'clock start. Uh, if you can go to the GWN Facebook page, they've got all the ticket information. This, uh, I think it's eight dollars in advance, ten at the door. Um, see, that's an amazing price for an actual live show. See, that that was been discussed a lot, like with the promoters, and to get people to the shows, 
we have to make ourselves competitive with all the other entertainment choices out there. If you price yourself too high, people are going to go, I'm not going to go because it's ridiculous. So basically we kind of try to align ourselves with the movie theater. How much does one ticket to go see a movie cost? And I had people come up to the show that we did in Chatham the first time. They were blown away with the quality and quantity of show that they got. Like, we put on a three and a half hour show, roughly, for eight bucks. And it's kind of hard to find something like that nowadays. Oh, yeah. And it is a great show. Kids really get into it. All oh, the kids would. If you look at, like you said, compared it to the movie theater, it's nine ninety nine or whatever for ten bucks for a ticket yep. for an hour and a half, two hours, right? And that's recorded. That's you yep. know, this is a live show. Yeah, there's yeah. no interaction. You get when you're at the, the wrestling show, you're interacting. I'll you, take you live yell at you yell at the wrestlers. They they yell back, and you know they play it up. It's live live. It's a live movie. You are now taking part of. You're interacting. With it's a an movie. interactive event, yes, it is. It it, it 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 truly is because, especially at the intermission, when we can go out and we can get face to face with the fans and signing autographs and talking to people. Like I said a lot of the times we spend like we have a set a set amount of time for our intermission, and then we blow that out of the water because we have yeah. to we we have to sign everything. That somebody comes up with. Because I'm not going to slight a kid that wants an autograph. I'm going to, sorry, kid, i got to go to the back. No, I'm going to make sure I get everybody that wants something signed, signed. That's that's what we do. And see, sadly, you don't see that in everything. No, you don't really. example, we went to Medieval Times in Toronto. Oh, okay. Phenomenal show. I yep. want to go back in a heartbeat. I've been to uh, the one in Florida. I've never been. And when oh. I went to Chicago in May, we ended up doing the Medieval Times in Chicago as well. It is great. Like, it is well worth it. And the mm-hmm. criticism I'm about to launch is only because of their procedures, not because of the quality of the show. The quality of the show is amazing. Yes. But after the show, they come out and the kids can go and talk to the six different knights that are there. Oh, cool. You know, and you can buy wooden swords, wooden shields, and they'll sign them and everything. And my son and my nephew were there. And my nephew wanted one of them signed, but the guy said, I'm sorry, I can't. we got to go for the next show. You know, and that irked me a bit. Yeah. But you, they, it's their policy, their procedure. That's what they have to do because they work for medieval times. Mm-hmm. And if they got a time schedule, they got to kind of stick to that. Yeah. Right? So that's why I love the fact that this show does that. You spend your time out there and you make sure everybody is yep. like, taken care of. Exactly. Yep. So I think that wraps it up for another another week. Both. Oh, wait, yeah, before we go too far, how, how can you get a hold of uh the Movie Madhouse. Oh, that's right. We have the themoviemadhouse.com. Yes. You can see all of our podcasts. Yeah. Uh, themoviemadhouse at gmail.com for everybody to get a hold of us, leave us feedback, questions. Christina, get us your uh, mailing information so Rob can send that off your uh, your brand new Argo uh, Blu-ray. Yes. And don't forget the Facebook page. Facebook page, the, the movie, movie Madhouse. Yes, slashing it right now. Yeah, and we yeah we we try to put have a nice discussion topic for the week, or or two. Who knows? You know, just gotta 
Who knows? Yep. Maybe I'll come up with another contest that'll make Mike buy another movie. No! <laughs> <laughs> Somebody else's turn! <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And no recycling movies either. Really? Really. Oh. Nobody wants your frighteners, or the frightening. <laughs> the frightening. See, Christine was more than willing to get rid of that movie. Imagine that! <laughs> <laughs> Okay, anyway, we, yeah, let's end this one. All right, for another week, this has uh, been the Movie Madhouse for Mike, Jason, and Rob. Have a good week. Okay. Yes, like I said, I and, and unfortunately, I didn't find these guys until later on. I think it was like a month later from that point is when I found them. So I didn't even have a chance to to put my two cents in for their contest. So that was just, it's, these guys are great. And... If if you don't listen to them on a regular basis, you should. They're right here on the Jayzo Modcast Network. They are the movie madhouse. And yes, definitely, you guys should listen to them on a weekly basis because they are just, they are entertaining, they're funny, and they're quite witty. Okay, so we're almost done here, folks. We've got one more podcast to go, and then we'll call it a week. So let's go ahead and shift this bad boy up and let's find out what'll be the final of the three for the day. Let's see here, folks. I'm shifting it up really good because I want this last episode to be really, really good here. Okay, so it's a tiny one. Let me open it up. One of these days, I'm actually going to have to take a picture of the pot and show you what I'm doing. Okay, it is NVR 25. That is News, Views, and Reviews with your host, Reaper Rick. This episode was re- released on July 24, 2013, and it reads, This week, Rick comes to you post-Stanton Tournament. He gets back to his regular format with a health update and questions. What did our president give the royals as a gift to celebrate the birth of their first child? Then Rick talks about things that have disappeared from the United States culture. Afterward, we get a brief lesson about paganism. And uh, the title of this episode is called It Would Appear. So, okay, kids, let's sit back and enjoy NVR. News, views, and reviews, number 25, It Would Appear. And welcome back, everyone. I am Reaper Rick. And fortunately, you are not. So, it's good to be back with you. Um, I had a really good time. Excuse me. Really good time with the uh, live show that uh, we had to split up into two episodes uh, last week and the week before. And if you haven't listened to episode 23 and 24 yet, the the live broadcast, uh, please either uh, stop this this podcast right now and listen to one or both of those, or uh, as soon as you finish with this one, please go back and listen because they were just great. A lot of fun, a lot of noise, a lot of stuff happening. And uh, if I can ever uh, get some sponsors together, I'd like to try that again. 
few announcements to make before we get started with tonight's episode, so, you know, hang with me for a couple of minutes here. Um, well, since we're talking about the uh, live podcast, I'll continue with that. Um, I neglected to uh, announce the winner of the Melee last episode. I said I would, and then I forgot about it completely because there was so much else going on. So it turns out that um, the winner of the melee was the same warrior that won the single combat, and that was uh, Maltech Sooner. Um, and it turns out that during the melee, uh, Maltech partnered up with somebody at the very beginning and the two of them fought through everyone else on the battlefield and then had to fight each other and it turns out that uh, Meltek's partner with the melee was his brother uh, Albion Sooner so <clears throat> Meltek not only fought for 10 minutes or more in the melee non-stop but then with just uh, a few minutes rest, came back and won the uh, single combat. And uh, his brother, uh, came, well, you know, was beaten by Maltech, but he came in second. So those two guys, uh, I'm going to try to get them back for the next uh, combat uh, podcast we have, because those guys are people that we need to watch out for. Anyway, that was a lot of fun. That was just really, really, really a lot of fun. And uh, I hope that listeners were able to uh, appreciate what was going on as much as I did. Okay. Okay. Uh, a milestone has been reached for myself. This is my 25th podcast. That doesn't mean much to you, I know, but to me it's something special because up until this episode, I had to keep uh, the podcast length under an hour. That's why we had to split up the live live podcast into two parts. Um, Because it went way over an hour. But from now on, um, I can go as long as I want. So, uh, for the next few hours, I just want you to sit back and relax. And nah, this isn't gonna this isn't gonna last a few hours, but it will last until uh, I'm finished. No, the main thing is that if we do another live podcast, I won't have to break it up into two parts. If it goes for two hours, then we'll just do a straight two hours, and uh, that'll be great for everyone involved. Okay, so starting with my 25th episode right now, uh, that's six months or more of you know, doing podcasts every week, which is uh, well, it's pretty cool for me. I know a lot of people out there have been doing podcasts for months and months and years and years, but uh, I haven't been. This is it my 25th podcast, so hooray, cheers all around.
items. Let's see. What else have we got? Um, uh, regarding the uh, beer and wine flowing through the taps here in Stanton, uh, can't believe we're still getting flack over that. Apparently now the state sales tax board is getting involved. Uh, they want to know who's going to pay sales tax on all that liquor that is being uh, passed through your pipes. So that means that when the men come out to install the pipes for the uh, beer and wine, they're also going to have to install a liter meter. That's liter, L-I-T-E-R, meter, in everyone's home to actually measure the amount of alcohol that is coming through the pipes. And yes, I'm afraid you will have to pay tax on that because uh, it's not going to be me that pays the tax. But anyway, that uh, shouldn't be too terrible for you to handle. And of course, and I can't remember if I already said this or not, it's been a long time since we talked about this, but uh, you can opt out if you don't want this in your home. You just sign a release form when the guys come to put in the pipes and say, I don't want that and nothing else to worry about. It'll be all gone. And again, if I've said this before, I apologize, but um, Oh yeah, the uh, the uh, alcohol will not flow in commercial buildings, and commercial buildings include hotels and motels. Private buildings are commercial in the sense that people live in them and pay rent, but they pay rent on houses too. So, private buildings, yes. Motels, no. All right, and I think that about covers that bit of uh, news. Uh, oh, I uh, have a bit of health news for everyone. Uh, I finally got to see a new oncologist down here last week. Uh, had blood work drawn last week, had blood work drawn again today. Um, had a CT scan of my chest and abdomen yesterday. Supposed to have a bone scan sometime later. Um, and I see the doctor again on Friday, so hopefully uh, I'll have some information for you next week on that score. I'm going to uh, try to work up a new treatment for my cancer because it has spread and I just don't feel very good. In fact, I had a, uh, an episode of atrial fib over the weekend. Atrial fibrillation, you know, where the heart goes all batshit and won't be regular, won't beat in a regular mode. And uh, that lasted for 21 hours from about, uh, well, anyway, from Friday morning, oh, that's right, it was Friday morning about 1 a.m until Saturday evening at 10. So anyway, it's almost 21 hours. That was a bad, bad episode. I uh, felt really crappy 
throughout the whole thing, and I was so wiped out afterwards that the whole weekend was a waste because I was just tired and fatigued and I was having chest pain because my heart was, you know, I'd been beating so fast and irregularly for so many hours, you know, hard as, hard as a muscle, and any time you overwork a muscle, like when you're, you know, lifting weights or running or whatever, you know, the muscle lets you know that it's been overworked, and I think my heart was doing that to me all weekend. <clears throat> anyway, so that, that kind of put a damper on things for a few days, and I just, you know, I'm not feeling well at all. Uh, of course, I'm sure that everyone has heard by now about the uh, new baby prince that uh, William and Kate, the heir to the English throne, bored uh, had they well. Let me rephrase that. A new prince was born to William and Kate over the, this week, Monday, I guess. <clears throat> so there's another new heir. But anyway, <clears throat> so they were, you know, the news people were talking about, well, what do you get, you know, uh, a prince, someone who has everything. Well, he doesn't obviously have everything. I mean, or, you know, some comic books and stuff I doubt he's seen, or, you know, famous monsters magazines or action figures that he probably doesn't have yet, but aside from that. So uh, President Obama was, you know, concerned about what what kind of, you know, really, really cool present he could uh, give the new baby, something that would, uh, well, you know, something no one else was going to give him. <clears throat> so today he decided to... Uh, give the new prince uh, New Jersey, the state of New Jersey. Apparently it was a toss-up between Delaware and New Jersey, but uh, Delaware was too close to the capital, and uh, since um, that Jersey sitcom show is off the air now, figured we didn't need Jersey anymore anyway. So that's what the new prince is getting from the president of the United States. He said that it would uh, help cement British and American relations <clears throat> to give them back a piece of the, uh, you know, the colonies. So there you go. Uh, let's see what else we got. <clears throat> um, num, 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 health we did. Uh, okay, I guess that's it. So what we're going to talk about first tonight is. Um, you know, every year the uh, dictionary gods decide which words will be added to the dictionary. You know, um, <clears throat> words that have uh, become so common in uh, the English language that they decide that they should be in the dictionary so people can look up and find out exactly what they mean. <coughs> Excuse me, Ark. But, uh, you know, in the past years, they've, they've um, added words like sexting, S-E-X, sexting, 
and you know uh, Joe Weiner has uh, Joe Weiner is that his name? You know the, the guy that's running for mayor of New York for Christ's sake, the guy who was uh, putting pictures of his dong on uh, Twitter and whatnot, or sending them to, to girls for some obscure reason. Well, apparently he was doing a lot of sexting as well. And uh, that came to light recently. So, anyway, words like that, that uh, new words that people use so frequently, uh, they decide to put in the dictionary. Well, every year, a lot of words disappear from uh, the English language as well. They aren't necessarily removed from the dictionary, I don't think. I never looked one up to see, but anyway. There are words that uh, used to be common and have pretty much disappeared from uh, our lexicon. You know, we just don't use them anymore. Um, a word that uh, I rarely hear anymore. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, really, really, rarely hear anymore is uh, Davenport. Um, some of you may actually know what a Davenport was, uh, but I'll bet nobody who does is under 50. You know, if you're over 50, you might recognize the word, but if you're under 50, I doubt it. At any rate, I asked my mother, because I mean, I, I knew what it was, but I asked my mother, who is uh, 83, I asked her where the word came from. I figured she would know because they used the word when she was younger. So I asked her where it came from, and she wasn't sure. She thought it was just that uh, people used the word. Well, I guess I can tell you what it what it was supposed to be. Uh, Davenport is uh, another word for sofa, okay, or couch nowadays. We don't even call them sofas anymore. So Davenport used to be the word people used to describe their sofa. Instead of a sofa, a new sofa, they got a new Davenport. So anyway, my mother suggested that the reason people called sofas Davenports was because um, so many people did for so many years, it just became a common name. Well, you know, you know what are you going to do? I, uh, I believed her because I didn't know any better. But I thought I'd look it up, and it turns out that the Davenport were actually sofas, but they were made by uh, a now defunct furniture manufacturer. Uh, the fellow's name was A.H. Davenport and Company. Now, his sofas were so popular, and uh, so many people liked them, that they begin saying that, you know, everybody wanted a Davenport sofa. And eventually they just dropped the word sofa and everybody wanted a Davenport and everybody had to have a Davenport. So there you go. Davenport was an actual person who made sofas and uh, it just became a uh, genericized trademark. However, when uh, the old man died, his son inherited the company, but he was not much of a businessman, and he lost the company 
and it was sold to another couple of guys who for uh, quite a few years still made sofas, but I guess they weren't as special as the Davenport sofa. So there you go. Um, apparently people still use Davenport to describe sofas mainly in the Midwest and Northern New York state but usually by people who were born before World War II. So there you go. Davenport's gone. No more Davenport's. <clears throat> so what else have we got on the uh, dead word list? And uh, surprisingly, <clears throat> when I was looking for words that have uh, somewhat disappeared from the uh, normal lexicon, or, or at least not used by the majority of people. I discovered that there were a whole bunch of words which had to do with automobiles, cars. So I'm sure that if we have a, a you know a bunch of uh, car fanatics out there in the audience. Uh, some of you will, will know what these words are and will be quite familiar with them. But for the most part, uh, people again who are under uh, 50 probably will not be really familiar with these words. Uh, so to start with, I, I, I know that pretty much everybody knows what these are. You know, white wall tires, okay. 40s and 50s, and even into the 60s, white wall tires were uh, a big deal on cars. And for those of you who are not familiar with that term, um, what it was was a usually like about a three or four inch section of the, the outside of the tire was white, pure white. There were no, uh, you know, letters or anything stamped on that part of the tire. It was just white, white wall. And uh, they looked nice on, you know, some of the older cars. But they were a bitch to keep clean. And uh, one of the things that uh, made them especially dirty would be when you were going to park up against a curb and you rub the white wall tire against the curb that left a big old black streak on the white wall and you had to get out there with cleanser and a sponge and a brush and all kinds of other bullshit scrub those damn things clean and even if you didn't run up against a curb you still had to clean them periodically and they were just a pain in the butt to keep clean um, after a while, the white wall would start to shrink, you know, drop down to like two inches, and then, and then finally, you know, it was only an inch wide, and then, um, even I remember that when I had my, my, my first cars in the 60s and 70s, um, they were still making white wall tires, but we usually just told the, you know, the mechanic to turn the white wall inside and just leave the black, black wall out. And so eventually they just stopped making them, I guess, except for um, specialty orders for, you know, old 
card collectors and things like that. But uh, the White Wall Tire did uh, inspire another invention for cars, and that was the uh, curb feeler, or some people would call them curb scrapers. And what those were were long, flexible metal, uh, flexible metal things <laughs> that stuck out from the, uh, the wheel well. Uh, and they pointed, you know, straight out and down, basically. So uh, we could put them on the passenger side of the car, on the front and back, usually. And what, what they would do is when you were going to, you know, pull up to park next to a curb, the curb feeders would uh, come in contact with the curb before the tire did, and they would scrape along the, uh, the curb. Again, that's why they were called curb scrapers. And it was supposed to uh, let you know that you were within a foot of the curb, so not, not to go any further, or not to go any closer to the curb. And uh, those things were around until pretty much they stopped making white wall tires. But uh, it was interesting that that was something invented specifically to uh, keep the white walls clean on a person's tires. So that was that was fun. White wall tires, yeah. Uh, you still see those on a lot of the older cars that. Uh, driving around, but uh, most people don't see them simply because they aren't around a lot of car collectors or car shows or anything like that. Uh, something else that uh, protected tires were the old fender skirts. Remember those? Some of you, I'm sure the car collectors know about them. They were uh, basically uh, an extension of the fender that came down on the back, back tires. Uh, extension of the fender that came down to cover the tire uh, down to the bottom of the car. Yeah. Sometimes uh, they came with the car, sometimes you had to order them separately, but uh, well, you know, a lot of people would take them off the, off the cars because they just didn't like the way they looked. But fender skirts, yeah, they, uh, they don't make those anymore. Although I did uh, see a, uh, Susie put up a, uh, a picture of an old Pontiac today on Facebook. I don't, don't recognize the year, but it was probably 57, 58 Pontiac or something like that. And it had fender skirts on it. They looked pretty cool, you know, at least the black ones did. So fender skirts are long gone. <clears throat> Something else the old cars had that uh, we don't see anymore were uh, telescoping antennas. Uh, back in the days when radios first started appearing in cars as standard equipment, they uh, had rather large radio antennas that uh, were on usually the passenger front fender of the car. And the idea was that when you got into the car, you would pull the antenna up, and the higher the higher up you pulled it, and they they would stretch, you know, two and a half, three feet even. Well, maybe not three feet, 
But anyway, the higher you pulled it up, the better reception you got on your cheap little AM radio. <clears throat> but the idea was that when you got out of the car, you were supposed to, you know, push the uh, antenna telescope it back down into the fender to keep it, or to protect it, basically, because um, they were real easy to snap off and, or bend, and once you bent them, you couldn't telescope them anymore, and you didn't get very good reception at all in your radio. So, people who, you know, and when you buy a new car, you always take good care of it, people who always, you know, raise the antenna up when they got in the car and push it back down when they got out of the car. But after you've had the car for a while, you kind of just, you know, uh, get a little sloppy sometimes. So they would stop pushing the antenna back in. And one of the uh, worst enemies of the telescoping antenna were children with footballs. <clears throat> and I can't tell you how many antennas we snapped off playing football out in the street back in the 50s and 60s, you know. Uh, football hits one of those things and it just snaps off. <clears throat> usually usually right at the base, but sometimes it would, uh, you know, snap in half or whatever. And, you know, once it's, once it's busted, you've got no radio. So people didn't like that very much. In fact, there were a couple of... Uh, kids on my block who thought it was pretty amusing to uh, take fishing line and string it across the street, uh, tie it off onto, you know, a tree on each side of the street there at just the right height to catch the uh, radio antenna when the car went by and it would just snap it right off. Uh, one day I was riding my bicycle down the middle of the street really, really fast, you know, for a kid. I was just as hard as I could. Uh, and I didn't know that the little fuckers had strung fishing line across the, the middle of the street again. And I hit that damn line with my neck. And I was going so fast that, uh, you know, when I hit it, it stretched and I broke one of the strands, but they had doubled it or tripled it or something like that. And uh, after that first strand broke, uh, I couldn't go any further. And it uh, sliced into my neck. Not terribly deep, but certainly enough to bleed quite a bit. And uh, that was an exciting trip home. And uh, my mother was not pleased about it at all. But that's another story for another time. So, on with the car stuff. Um, well, aside from the cars themselves, uh, old cars were big, you know. I mean, they were big and heavy. And, uh, uh, you know, a normal car today is maybe... 1,500 to 2,000 pounds. Cars back in those days were like, you know, two and a half, three tons. They were just tanks. And it wasn't just because they had so much metal on the, you know, the, the doors and the fenders and everything. Those uh, old cars had chrome. They had chrome bumpers. They had chrome grills. 
They had chrome hood ornaments and, and chrome decorations on the hood. And the Buicks, of course, had the little holes in the side of the uh, hood. And there was chrome down the sides, and the back end had chrome on it. And I mean, there was so much chrome on those old cars, and somebody had to keep that chrome clean. And it was usually the damn kids, you know, whose parents owned those big tank-like cars, who had to clean the chrome. And I, I remember many, many a weekend I would spend, you know, polishing up the chrome bumpers and the chrome side guards and the chrome mirrors. They had outside mirrors that were chrome, and they were chrome, chrome around the windows. And holy shit, there was a lot of chrome on those old cars. <clears throat> And it was just like the Karate Kid, you know, wax on, wax off, wax on, wax off for hours and hours and hours. And then once you got the chrome clean, then you had to get down on your hands and knees and do the white walls. But anyway, so we had the, uh, you know, the big old cars. And of course, those big old cars only got about, you know, seven or eight miles to the gallon. But it didn't really matter because gas was only 15 cents a gallon. And uh, the crazy part of it was that uh, there, were, there used to be like a service station on every corner. You know, you come to an intersection, bang, 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 bang. There's a service station on every damn corner. And you notice I'm, I'm calling them service stations rather than gas stations because in those days they actually provided a service to you. You drove your car in there and you ran over the little black thing in the road, I mean, in the, on the driveway there, and there was this ding, ding, you know, another car would come up and these, you know, at least one guy, sometimes two or three guys would come running out. And uh, they would not only put gas in your car for you, they would clean your windshield, they would clean your headlights, they would ask if you wanted them to check the water and oil level, they would check your tire pressure, um, and all this shit was free just while you were getting your gas. And it was pretty amazing. And uh, the thing of it was, they would, they would, and here's another word, or two words actually, that uh, has fallen way away from the uh, normal lexicon, but gas war. They would have gas wars about every two or three months. And, <coughs> excuse me, what that means would be that, uh, you know, you've, you've got stations on all four corners. Well, somebody would uh, lower their price, you know, to get more customers from 15 cents to, you know, 12 cents a gallon. Okay, we'll start with 14 cents a gallon. 14 cents a gallon. So you get more customers in. Well, the guy across the street from him, well, he'd lower his cost of his gas to 11 cents a gallon. And then the other guy, catty corner from him, would lower it to 10 cents a gallon. And, you know, those were the gas wars. Everybody was trying to, you know, lower the price of gas to get more people in. And, uh, well, they sure don't do that anymore. But, uh,. Uh, those were the days. I remember even in high school, gas was only uh, 25 or 26 cents a gallon, 28 cents a gallon, I think. Boy, that was a long time ago, wasn't it? 
But anyway, they would have, uh, you know, the guys come out, and they were they were called service stations because obviously they, they gave you service for your car. And, you know, you had a flat tire, you could go to a service station, and they'd fix it for you immediately. Uh, fan belt broke, bang, they got fan belts. Your radiator hose springs leak, boom. Go in there, and they got the hoses on the wall. They had all that shit. And, you know, you get your brakes fixed, uh, radiators flushed, whatever the hell you wanted. I mean, they would do everything there for you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, you go to a gas station, and the fucking idiot behind the counter doesn't even know where the gas goes. And he's not about to go out and show you. But, you know, life changes with time. So, a lot of good things are gone now that uh, used to be out there. But anyway, um, that's pretty much my, my spiel on the... Uh, that have disappeared from the English language. Well, not all of them have disappeared, uh, but most of those guys are pretty much long gone now. There's only a few people, you know, car mechanics, car aficionados, uh, car collectors, who remember uh, fender skirts and uh, white wall tires and lots and lots of chrome and cheap gas. Okay, okay, so <clears throat> now we're going to talk about something totally different, um, and I'm going to break one of my own rules here, because uh, two things you never talk about in, in when you're in a group setting, uh, one of them is sex, no, wait, wait, you can talk about sex, that's fine, no, we don't talk about religion or politics. Um, politics I'm just fed up with completely, so we're not going to talk about that. Uh, so I'm going to talk about religion a little bit here. Uh, don't panic, I'm not going to uh, carry on for too long because the religious uh, information I pass along to you is just going to lead into uh, something else. So anyway, <coughs> excuse me. What I want to talk about initially are opinions. I'm sure that many of you are vaguely familiar with opinions, know at least what they are, but I imagine that most of what you know is probably wrong. Um, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> I know paganism is a religion of nature. It's an earth religion, basically. Pagans revere nature, and they see the divine in all of life, as well as the entire universe. They see uh, the divine in every tree, plant, animal, and natural object. They live their lives attuned to the cycle of nature and the seasons, because... Well, for thousands of years, um, people were pagans. <coughs> Goddamn, excuse me. <coughs> people were pagans. They were simply people who uh, revered nature because nature was what kept them alive. Uh, 
uh, you know, and occasionally killed them. But uh, for the most part, uh, they they had to live according to the seasons because that was when they planted their food, when they harvested their food, you know, and uh, then they had the winter which meant that there wasn't any food available and they had to survive on whatever they harvested. They came to revere the sun because it was the life force, basically, that kept them all alive, helped grow the crops. And the moon, um, because it also dominated the sky at night, just as the sun did during the day. The sun was the father figure, the moon was the mother figure, because the moon cycle is 28 days, and so is a woman's cycle. Curious there. But uh, they they weren't called pagans at that time. Uh, Actually, um, the the word in... didn't even come into uh, general general terminology until like the 13th or 14th century, and that was only because the Christians needed something to call these people who had a different religious belief than they did. Uh, pagan comes from the late Latin word goddess, which basically meant a country dweller very rustic person, um, but basically any non-Abrahamic faith or ethnic religion. <clears throat> Excuse me again. Uh, during the Christian Christianization of Europe, uh, people in towns and cities were more readily converted to Christianity than those in the more remote regions of uh, the country. And for the most part, uh, you know, initially the Christians didn't, didn't bother with them because there weren't enough of them to bother with. Uh, the only way Christianity uh, kept itself going was through, uh, you know, donations from rich patrons, and uh, there weren't too many rich people living out in the middle of the woods. So they didn't really pay much attention to them initially. Anyway, um, pagans usually believe in a pantheon of gods, whereas uh, Christians, uh, Jews, and Muslims believe in a single god. <coughs> so, um, anyone who doesn't believe in a single god was considered a pagan. So for thousands of years, people basically worshipped nature. Um, eventually, they started to believe in uh, forest creatures, uh, naiads, dryads, dyads, whatever you call them, uh, tree sprites. They had uh, river spirits, rock spirits, anything that 
<clears throat> was living out of spirit. And it was only in uh, more recent times, and by that I mean you know, four to five thousand years ago, that uh, people began to actually have gods that they worshipped. Uh, Egyptians had uh, Osiris and Isis. The Greeks had Zeus and Apollo. Uh, the Norse people had Odin. Thor, Freya, just you know, just name a few of the pantheon of gods. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Where did the idea of uh, gods come from? Instead of just having little little spirits that lived in the forest or the the streams or whatever. Where did uh, the gods themselves come from? Uh, well, according to you know the written records of all of these ancient people, the gods came from the sky and taught them how to live. Basically, taught them how to read and write. Taught them how to build. Uh, the Greeks had Zeus and his mighty thunderbolt. Gods lived on Mount Olympus. Um, and there was Apollo who rode through the skies in a flaming chariot and came down to the earth and taught the Greeks philosophy, medicine, and agriculture architecture, math, all these different things that these these people learned somehow, uh, but in their written history it says that the gods taught them all of these things. And the curious thing about Apollo was that every so often he would tell the people of Greece that he had to leave them for a while. And when they asked, where are you going? He would say that he had to go to the far north, to Hyperborea, to teach other people the things that he had taught them as well. And you have the Norse, who, whose gods were Odin, who had a spear that he could throw and never miss his target. He also had Thor, who had a mighty hammer which he could throw and, again, never miss his target, and the hammer would always return to his hand after he threw it. <clears throat> this could either be a uh, giant boomerang type of uh, weapon or it's possible that uh, once the weapon was thrown someone just reloaded the weapon and fired it again uh, it's hard to say but uh, Zeus had a thunderbolt that he could throw and would never miss and would make lots of noise and large explosions and Odin had 
had a spear that would never miss, and was also a fiery weapon. <coughs> Basically, um, each of these, and these are not the only ones, of course, but each of these three civilizations all said that the gods came from the sky and taught them how to live properly. And it's not just those three. It was uh, Japanese, uh, the Mayans, of course, tribes in Africa, all around the world, all around the globe. Ancient people said in their written history that gods came from the sky and taught them taught them how to speak, how to grow food, how to build, where to build in some, in some instances. Um, language, weapons. The gods helped the human race become more human, basically. Um, something that uh, it was, was very important to uh, early man were the seasons. And uh, it's amazing that throughout the world, even though uh, there's no evidence that people traveled around the world and spread information, everyone seemed to know when the solstices and equinoxes would occur. Uh, all around the world there are stone rings or stone edifices, lines of stone, circles of stone, and buildings of stone where they could view stars at certain times of the year, sunrise on certain days of the year to show what day would be the equinox or the solstice. <clears throat> How is it that everyone on the well, not, you know, maybe not every single person, but all these different cultures knew all of these things about astronomy when many of them didn't even have the wheel or bow and arrow, yet they could predict what day was going to be the longest and shortest of the year, what day would be the same length as the night, the equinoxes. How is it that so many people all over the world were able to do these things supposedly on their own? Well, it would appear to the untrained eye that perhaps somebody was going around the world and sharing this information with as many people as they could find. And since most of these cultures 
say that the gods were the ones who came down and told them how to do all of these things. Maybe, maybe they're right. Maybe the gods did come down and help the human race along its path. All I'm saying is, you got to look at the evidence and you have to make a decision. Well, you don't have to make a decision. You can live in ignorance for the rest of your life. Many people do. And they seem to be perfectly happy doing so. But if you consider the evidence, it looks more and more as if uh, someone was uh, helping us out because we couldn't have figured out all of this nonsense without some sort of instruction. The, uh, the Greek building, the building's amazing architecture, the Mayan, their pyramid cities laid out in specific format. The ability to watch the sky and predict when certain things were going to happen astronomically. How is that possible? I mean, most people today couldn't tell you one star from another anyway. And yet, primitive people, primitive people knew that there were more than two or three planets. They even knew that there were planets. I mean, uh, the Dark Ages were dark because nobody could see anything. Nobody learned anything because the church refused to let them learn anything or teach anything except what the church wanted them to know. But Mayans and other early civilizations knew that there were other planets in the solar system. They knew that the earth revolved around the sun. This is, well, anyway, there's just a lot of shit that doesn't make sense unless they had help from the outside. So, that's just something to think about. And I guess that's about it for tonight. I'm tired. Don't feel well. Gotta go to bed. So, anyway, thanks for listening again. Oh, wait, wait, wait. There was something else. <clears throat> I now have my own email. So, if you have questions, comments, complaints, suggestions, you can send me an email now. And that would be Reaper Rick all lowercase letters, all one word, reaperick at jazomon.com. That's J-A-Y-Z-O-M-O-N.com, reaperick at jazomon.com. I'm 
here all the time, you've got something you'd like to say, spit it out, and if it's interesting, I can even put it up on one of our podcasts. So, don't be shy, I know you're not. I appreciate everyone listening in, all of our new listeners, and, 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 and the old timers too. 25 episodes, and, and counting. So, everyone... Thanks for for stopping by. Take good care of yourself. It's a mad world out there. There's lots of dangerous stuff. Anyway, be good to yourself. All right. See you next time. Good night, all. Okay, we're back. Yes, that was... uh, You know, the funny thing is, episode 23 and 24, probably one of my favorite episodes where he does the Stanton Tournament. if you haven't checked that out, you should actually you because you can go and listen because now it, it's called Reaper Rick's Tree Frog Expose Cafe in VR. You can actually go there, click on that, check out episode twenty three and twenty four, and that is just a, a really fantastic uh, two episodes. It's just really enjoyable, um, and with this episode, it's it's. Uh, you know he he's trying to get back into the groove of things and he and uh you know it's interesting because he talked about some things you know that had disappeared from the United States culture and even though you know there's a considerable age difference between him him and I there's there's I'm like I was nodding my head and I was like yeah 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 that's right okay kids well that's it for this week i am david k montoya come back next week as we pull up three more podcasts from the past And we sit back and we enjoy almost three hours of audio entertainment. So I am your host, David K. Montoya, and I will see you next week right here on Flashback Fridays.